Turn on the Jets film room. Starring Joe Blewett. So he over-pursues, needs to dive at the ankles, which he does sometimes too much. Roberts is playing really well this year. You're wrong. Providing you comprehensive film study on the New York Jets. Howell sees that the playside gaps are clogged up. That was a really impressive play right there. That's, that's like a little stuff you see on film. Turn on the Jets film room is now in session. And you are listening to another edition, the 10th edition of Turn on the Jets Film Room, the first with uh, Marcus Coleman's first as uh, the new co-host, which he's already been on the show with us before. Um, but, you know, this is the first one as a co-host, so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty important. Uh, but before we get into anything, obviously, you just have to do kind of the reminders out there. Uh, YouTube, find us on Turn on the Jets uh, you search in the, in the in the search bar and then click subscribe. It's really not that difficult. Podcast app, just search TOJ space film space room. And then we're also on Spotify now. I think we're going to be available on Google Play as as well in a couple of days. You can find us on there. Uh, we appreciate the reviews. We just got two more uh, this week, two or three more five-star ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that uh, for everybody who's doing that. And obviously this show is going to be a show about you know, a couple different things, you know, the the Eagles-Jets game from, from the other night or Thursday night, so it was actually almost a week ago. We're going to talk about the 53-man roster a little bit, talk about some other news, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of Cleo Mack, and we'll talk about the Lions game uh, as well. But before we get into that, Marcus, man, what is up? No much, man. Just uh, shoot, excited that the NFL <laughs> season is back upon us again, and, and uh, I've been having to fill my time with, you know, with soccer and CFL and you know all kind of you know other you know other football related you know sports you know besides real football which is the NFL so uh, but I'm I'm happy to be here and happy to get started. Is that a shot at the league you coach in the Arena League or what is that? Oh no, I mean uh, <laughs> well you know we're in the off season right now so you know it's uh, you know our off season is you know during the time that college football and, and the NFL season starts but uh you know Canadian football started up I want to say it's been almost a full month now so yeah. they started up so usually I watch that and that game is actually similar you know to what we play you know in the in the indoor football league with two or three guys in motion and you know the fields I mean what we play on a smaller field as opposed to a wider field so there's yeah. you know some similarities there so that's I've been trying to get my feel you know before you know the NFL season actually starts with that so yeah I'm not even going to try to like I'll I'll start watching that and like uh what is it when it comes about in like August and July, but I'm not going to try to understand the rules of all that because I just, I, I, I don't want to, but it's like probably have a completely different way of coaching when guys can run like for what, 10 yards or five yards behind a line of scrimmage and start sprinting at the snap. It's so weird, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that football is, is upon us third or tomorrow night's, you know, real football for the first time. Preseason was nice, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's a preseason. And I'm glad I can actually start watching real film on uh, not Jets games that I've seen 47,000 times. I probably watched the Jets 2017 <laughs> season, so I'm really excited for that. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be fun, and uh, we're excited to have you as the co-host. And uh, we're going to get a new intro because the intro only introduces me, but we'll have a new one for our next show, which is going to be – hopefully we're going to get them done, like I said, on Wednesday nights. Uh, but it really depends on how busy we both are and also sometimes NFL – decides to be pricks and uh, let out the, the film really late. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so but let's, let's get into it first. We'll go with the, um, 
with the Eagles game, uh, we're not going to do as much as I've been doing, like with the Giants game, the Redskins game, and the Falcons game for the people who have been listening and watching because it's the fourth preseason game. Only there's very few real, like, you know, uh, guys who made the 53 playing in that game. So we'll do a little bit of it. Then we'll get into a lot of other topics that we have to. Um, and for Marcus and for, you know, the people who haven't listened to the show before, what we do is when the Jets lose – we do duds first, and when the Jets win, we do studs first. Uh, the Jets did lose ten to nine. They gave up that last uh, touchdown, which I believe is their it was their first touchdown of the preseason, which I guess is kind of good. Um, at least it wasn't yeah. the Christian Hackenberg, thank God. It was right. the other quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I think his name is like Bradham or something like that. But um, for my third stud, I'm going to go with uh, Frankie Luvu. I don't know if you heard anything about Luvu. Um, you know, this entire preseason, but a lot of fans, Marcus, were excited that he uh, was going to, you know, potentially make the roster. He had some explosive skills that people liked um, and all of that thing. But he he had a lot of um, penalties in in the preseason. It was a lot of stupid stuff, whether it be, uh, you know, hitting guys late or hitting quarterbacks in the chin after they, you know, threw the ball or whatever it may be. And this is just another example on this play. There's really nothing to break down on this play other than the fact that the wide receiver really, really terrible, like, just terrible right at the top of the screen and burst, cut it off, got the interception, good. But if you see Luvu uh, right here, yeah, no, that's, is that him? No, uh, Luvu is 59, so uh, right. he's, he's going to just kind of cheap shot. Not even, it's not even a cheap shot. This is how I like to see football played, and I like this, but not in the NFL nowadays. He got a penalty. It brought him back, you know, um, you know, 15 yards right there. So he made a lot of these type of penalties in the preseason. I think that's why the Jets uh, – decided not to carry him on the roster. So, Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. You know, Coach Bowles is one of those – you know, he's a Parcells disciple, you know, as I am myself. And, you know, that's one of the things where they be – you know, was on the bill or on the – you know, Parcells or on the Belichick that, you know, they don't tolerate. is minimal mistakes and particularly dumb mistakes when you're talking about penalties uh, and, and when it's consistently happened over – you know, happening over and over again. Regardless of how good you are, you know, they just, you know, don't tolerate it. And – you know, this is unfortunately for this young man, you know, hopefully he learns from it and, and learns that the, the game has changed. You know, you can't, you know, back when I played, that was legal. You could do that. You know, you used to be able to do that, you know, crack back on linemen and, you know, intentionally go after the quarterback on INTs. You know, you can't really do that anymore. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn that and, and hopefully he grows from it and, and uh, you know, comes back a little better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I wish the game would still play like that. I feel like there's going to be many times this season where that lowering the helmet rule is really going to piss us off, and we're going to I'm going to get angry because of games lost be because of it. Cause I don't know really how they're supposed to tackle at times, but I guess well, it's I guess it's a work in progress. But some of the some of the penalties have been called this preseason have just been absurd. Uh, yeah, well, you were you were you going to be upset the first couple of weeks because I'm going to tell you <laughs> the first couple of weeks is going to be. There's going to be some bad calls made over the first two weeks. And ultimately, particularly with the helmet rule, it's going to actually get altered during the season, I think. it's. I think it's going to get to that point where coaches are going to keep complaining. There's going to be too many penalties. Players are going to say some things. And it may actually get altered. They already attempted to do it once, you know, before the season started. And I think it may happen again, you know, while the season is going on as well. But just be ready. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, just – Gauge your anger because the first couple of weeks you're gonna be a little mad. You're gonna be a little pissed off. I'm just telling, uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> I, that's one of my problem. I'm not gonna like. Contr- it, we're, they're gonna come on the show. I'm usually like, pretty calm, and then I start watching the play. Whatever happened, and especially if it cost the Jets like a first down, or it killed the drive, or it cost them a touchdown, whatever. I'm just gonna freak out because some of the rules in the NFL are just like defenseless receiver at times. The, the, how much the uh, quarterback is protected. Some of the pass interference calls on on the corners is just. 
it's really is crazy. So, you know, this is, this is not going to help uh, my blood pressure and things like that. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, my second, second dud for the game, uh, it, I don't have video of it. It's just, it's Chad Hansen. It sucks. That kind of, it kind of sucks that he was cut mini camp. You know, everybody from the, from the beat was saying that he was playing really well and all this stuff. He didn't really, I think he made one catch this, uh, this game, but he did absolutely nothing this preseason. This was his last chance to really make the team. Uh, he did absolutely nothing. Like I said, maybe one catch, like eight yards, whatever it was. So uh, mm-hmm. he's my second one. First one is Trenton Cannon, and you know, guy from Division Two school. He has, you could see it, and I'll show it on. I think I have a pl- another play of him, um, but he had 11 rushes, 29 yards. He has really, he's really uh, quick change of direction. His top end speed is is ridiculous. You could see it on almost every play. Uh, he just looks like the fastest guy on the field, which for the most part he is, but. He still has vision problems. He still approaches uh, holes and presses the line of scrimmage really uncontrollable. He can't really cut. Uh, he had a couple of drops this this preseason. He had two drops in this game, which, like I said, there's really not much to drop or to, to break down. You know, with a drop, I guess you could break it, break it down a little bit uh, if you want, Mark. You, you could, obviously, you know more than I do. But uh, this is – it looks like he looks the ball in. Um, he does everything pretty much right. Maybe you want to see him get his hands a little bit closer together sooner and, and not try to like trap the ball right there. I don't, I don't know, but it's another. Yeah. Drop, yeah, so. yeah. But that, that, I mean, it's, it's Canada's drop. However, this is more on the quarterback. I understand where he's trying to put the ball. Yeah. You know, just based off of what the coverage is, you know, you want to throw it low and inside kind of away from the, the defender. You see the linebacker there closing in, you know, from the inside. It, uh, I don't mind where the ball is and where the window is. You know, Kenneth's just got to do a better job of going down and getting it. You know, that's, it's just kind of one of those things. And that applies to wide receivers as well. You know, when you throw in a slant route, you know, depending on where the corner is, either it's low and inside or, you know, if, he's, if he hasn't bought it off, you know, you just put it right on him. So but he, he's got to go down and, and be able to get that. And it's, it's weird because this, you know, watching him and, and hearing everything that you say about him reminds me of a, of a guy that – I played against, you know, kind of during my time, so I'm aging mm-hmm. myself. Uh, you remember Kenny Gant? Uh, no, I don't. Like I said, I was uh, I was born in '93, so okay. Uh, well, he, well, yeah, that was when yeah. the Cowboys. Okay, well, he played for the Cowboys. He played corner. Physically, he was probably he's probably like five eleven, six foot, four three forty guy. It may have been a four two forty guy, like ridiculous speed. Yeah, sounds like me. Ridic- ridiculous, <laughs> no, <laughs> rid- ridiculous quickness. But when you talk about awareness or yeah. you know, uh, you know, having instinct, uh-huh. he just like didn't have it. Like there would be times he'd be covering guys, and I've seen it personally where he'd be breaking on the out route, and he would completely break past the guy and pass the ball. Which you're looking like, okay, like how does that even happen? You yeah. know, and this, you know, that's kind of what you're. You know, you know, watching Canada, that's kind of what you, you, you kind of get from him. You know, he has all the physical tools, but he, his awareness or his instincts, you know, aren't quite there. And, and some people have to learn, you know, when they have that kind of ability, they don't necessarily know how to play with that because they're used to just using their flat-out ability, you know, to make plays as opposed to using those other elements that you need as well. Yeah, uh, that's describing another player on this team who is uh, Darren Lee, who is just uh, the instincts and the awareness at times, like play action – if he's supposed mm-hmm. to be in the hook zone, his hook zone is is five yards from the line of scrimmage. Like, he has no depth in his hook zone. Uh, a lot of problems with angles, a lot of problems with – even in man coverage or zone coverage, he's staring at the quarterback the entire time and is not really right. aware of who's running in and out of his zone. Lee is a – he's a frustrating player because – and we'll, we'll get into it, sure, I'm sure, in the season, but he makes these mistakes and he attacks people on Twitter when they criticize him. And uh, 
he was going after people on on Twitter. This this he's like weird. He's one of those weird dudes. Where like I know and, you know even in your era, you know, early in the two thousands, mid two thousands. I'm sure a lot of guys if they had Twitter would have gotten in more trouble as well. But uh, he like he goes on random Twitter rants and then deletes all the tweets and then you know goes back and attacks people. Like he was like calling out websites and calling everybody haters and telling them they know nothing about football, like all this stuff. But dude, he. We'll see because I've been doing a show with you all year. I thought Darren Lee was was garbage last year, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, and I have I'll have your opinion to, to back me up. I'm not gonna tag him in Twitter and be like, "Yo, well, Marcus Coleman thinks you suck too," you know. But uh, we'll have discussions, and maybe I'm wrong on some some things. But his his awareness at times is just terrible. But this play is another drop from Cannon, and this looks like a like a split coverage where it's like man end zone, um, man on the bottom, and and zone on the top right here, where you have the uh, three by one gun. Right. And you, see, you have you have man on the linebacker on Cannon, and then man on uh, Hanson running this you know this uh, this snag route, let's call it. And it's really just meant, to, and it looks like uh, Cannon's the, you know his first read, just trying to gain some some yards on uh, second and ten, make it a third and you know manageable. And uh, he drops the ball again. He's one on one with a linebacker in space who he could probably beat. He's I think he ran like a four three three I think, and and he's he, he plays a four three. You know, I call him the underwear Olympics, and sometimes it doesn't translate, but his translates, and uh, he'd probably beat this linebacker and get a first down, but unfortunately another drop for him there. So Yeah, and that's that's one of those balls. That's, that's you know, in our world, that's inexcusable. I'm an easy ball. Quarterback puts it right where he needs to be. I mean, he yeah. just needs, needs to look it in, and it, that's, you know, that's honestly that is inexcusable. You know, you expect your running back, particularly when you're, you know, when you're the first read or if you're the check now. You know, if you're the last read, yeah. you know, your, your quarterback is dependent on you to make that catch. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And and this is another one. And this is some some vision things um, that I see. And this looks like a – I want to say it's a mid-zone, uh, which – and, like, we're going to have different terminology with some things, but, like, inside zone is – Yeah, yeah. In, inside zone is B-gap, um, you know, on, on the hip of the – or the outside hip of the guard. Uh, for me, you know, the mid-zone is, is C-gap. Outside zone is like D gap, and then wide zone is like an, like an E gap. If it was there, like really really wide, uh, with the running backs track. So that's how I di- differentiate. And then you have tight zone, which is like the A gap, and then uh, a belly zone, which is basically like a backside A gap run, where the, the backside options are are both on the backside, like where you, you can either bend, bounce, or bang. That's how right. I refer to it. So, uh, but so I'm gonna call this a mid zone. Uh, and what happens here is, and I see him come like he kind of comes one. He's coming into this high a little bit. And I, I, he sees this um, with, with three tech. He sees him kind of pushing the right guard back into the into the backfield, which he's you know he's doing a good job of. I think he's kind of coming uncontrolled into this, where he's taking a little bit too far of uh, of steps, and he's not his hips aren't dropped, so he's not able to cut back, and he's not able to cut inside. And if you look, even at this time, I know it's it's hard to to see it here, but there's a there's a lane like. It's not a huge lane, but even if he just puts his foot up in here and just and just penetrates into here, you can get uh, maybe even you know no yards or something. But he doesn't he doesn't do that. So yeah, and that's tough. I, I mean, and I, I know it's going fast, but it's but you you do just particularly when you're running inside zone uh, or mid zone as you call it. You know, you have to be able to stick your foot in the ground and either you know continue it you know in the hole where it, you know where it is, or if you had an opportunity to cut it back, you know you have to be able to do that. That's yeah. You know, that's but that comes with that, you know, that comes kind of with that, you know, instinct element that we talk about. You know, you see the good ones are able to recognize, mm-hmm. you know, and see the three technique pushing the guard back, then stick their foot in the ground immediately, you know, and make that cut. You know, a lot of good, you know, good backs do that now. Le'Veon Bell, Lamar Miller in Houston does that well. Uh, there, you know, there are a lot of backs that, you know, that are capable of doing that. And, 
and he has to learn it. You know, I, I'm not necessarily sure what schemes he's been in before, you know, if they ran that, mm-hmm. you know, ran this, you know, this, this type of offense as well. But, you know, this is something that he has to develop, you know, if he, particularly if he wants to play in the NFL because a lot of teams are running this now. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I'm not one of those guys who's going to be like, oh, well, it's mad. You know, he could have he looped around here, rent. Like, you know, it, it is – like, and it's not, it's not like he's a, he's a one – it's not like he's a one-cut runner, you know. He's not like a, like a Chris Ivory where, yeah, maybe Chris Ivory, which, like I, like I said, I, I would like to see him come into this a little bit more controlled in his, in his waist and his hips dropped already so he could cut quickly. We see Saquon Barkley do that a lot. That's why he's drafted. So right, right. He's cut on a dime. But he's, you know, he's, he's like 185 pounds. And at this point, you know, listen – he can cut up. He can cut up here and maybe get a yard or two, but this this whole area is really really open. Like like a Chris Johnson, a really shifty guy would 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 make two cuts. You know, cut cut and then and then bounce this or bounce this uh, on the on the backside and and maybe make a play here. So there's some times where you see him really uh, kind of come into pressing the line of scrimmage uh, uncontrolled at times. So he needs to develop and he has fumbling problems. He has, he's drop issues right now. He's a third running back, which kind of scares me a little bit. Hopefully he doesn't see the field too, too much, but, um, but we'll see. So moving on to the, the next, um, the next you know thing is uh, the studs. Like I said, we're not going to spend too, too long on it because it's the fourth preseason game and we have the Lions game to talk about because, uh, you know, we're excited. I'm freaking excited to watch the Jets against the Lions. Even though I think the last time the Jets played in the regular season there is when they got spanked by the Bills in, like, 2014 when they couldn't play in Buffalo because it was snowing so much. Right. <laughs> Ho- hopefully redeem ourselves. So, third stud, I'm going to give it to uh, Neville Hewitt, seven tackles. He led the team in preseason, I believe, in three of the four games in tackles. Um, played pretty well. But this is a play in coverage. And, you know, I, I guess I'll before I even ask you, he's, he's right here. Um, and from what it looks like, it looks like it's a cover, almost like, like a cover six uh, to me where they where everybody drops. And that's the thing about preseason. Is it's so hard to, to see coverages and stuff because they don't give you the all 22. But yeah. it looks like cover six. And he's and he's in the hook zone right here. And the tight end who – or he's not the tight end. He's actually – I don't know if it's a receiver or a tight end. I think it is a tight end. He's a pretty big dude. So it's a tight end uh, in the three-by-one gun set. And he runs a whip route. And – I think he just shows kind of like a lack of awareness here uh, where he's staring back to the quarterback a little bit too much. Oh yeah. I mean, particularly on this play, you know, when you have a guy, when he gets, he gets a little, little bit too close to the middle linebacker, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when you're playing a whip route, you know, you, you can slide out. <clears throat> you can, he can actually slide out maybe like half a yard, uh, you know, to the, the, the receiver's outside shoulder and he'd still be able to have him, you know, have him covered. So he, he's supposed to be looking for the whip route. He needs to know that he has two other guys on the inside so if there is a crossing route, he can just pass him on and then drop into his zone. So here, I think he gets a little bit too tight. And the, the my number one pet peeve with any defender, you're staring at the quarterback. And my the rule is this I, that I've been taught since I was little. You know, if yeah, if you're watching the quarterback, you're always late. It, it doesn't matter. You're either going to be late, you know, just you know, in general, like he is, whether it be one or two steps, or yeah. even if you have good coverage, even if you have good coverage, you're still using like a half a step late. Um, so if he plays the receiver, stares at his hips, you know, he, he, he really can make up this ground because he's, he's athletic enough to do that. But uh, just being too close, you know, to the other – to his, you know, to his teammates and not giving himself enough room to actually play the whip route, particularly when you're playing a team like Philly. You're getting whip routes, you know, because they'll set you up with crossing routes and then next thing you know you're getting whip routes or you're getting double moves, uh, you know, of that nature. So that's, you know, what I see here. Yeah, and I did put him as one of my one of my studs. But I just wanted to go over, like I said, some of the some of the coverage things and, like, 
if you're in a zone and uh, um, maybe if nobody's in your zone, then you can look at the quarterback and maybe see where he's going, right? Uh, where, where he's looking. But when one, he's he's number three throughout on his side, so you want to read him first. Um, you have other hook zone defender right right here. So pa- if anything, pass him inside. Exactly. Uh, and like you said, he's, he's too tight, staring back at the quarterback. You know, um, so it's not a great playing coverage, but he has made a, a few good plays in coverages this. this uh, this um, you know preseason so but yeah like like you said a little bit if anything you know maybe line up a little bit outside of him like yeah that's what I was saying move, yeah that's yeah that's what I was saying move you know give give yourself a little room you know move out about a yard or a half a yard to where you're yeah. head up you're playing more head up to outside so now mm-hmm. you know as we both said if he runs across the route you just pass him over if you get the out route then you're on top of it or if you get the whip route like you do in this case then you're still right on top of it. Yeah, and especially like he's a number three threat, number two, and and one reverse, uh, re, you know, are are not even in the picture. So it's not like he's having to make multiple reads. And if somebody's in your zone, you know, kind of like pattern match him, like like get in, like basically right. they come into your zone, you're in man almost. So, um, but it is it is what it is. I still think he played well. I still think he deserves a, a, a shot on the roster. You know, obviously he is on the roster. So, but uh, next play of him that I'll, I'll bring up, and this was a this was a better play. Um, he is right here on, on this play. And then it's also a good play from, uh, from Copeland as well. And Copeland's right here. He also, he also made the roster. He's against this, uh, the Y tight end. Right. And I like, one, I like Copeland because he, he gets better hand placement than the, than the tight end. You can see as his, as his hands are farther inside. So he has control of the, of the chest. So I like that. He gets low. He has, he gets good extension right there to keep the, um, his, his chest clean and then he rips off at the last second. Kind of, he kind of just scrapes down the line of scrimmage, and he gets in on the tackle. And I also like how Hewitt just kind of gets he gets on in on this quick. You know, he doesn't really give the offensive lineman, uh, the left guard right there, a chance to get off that combo block and block him. So that that quick penetration from him um, allows him to get past that. Where if he was a little bit slower on this number sixty-seven right there, gets on him and blocks him. So. Oh yeah, well I mean definitely because they're I mean they're running. They're running a uh, yeah. You know I mean, it's tag block, so you know you're doubling the three. You know, working your way up to the back on the next level, and he mm-hmm. definitely does a good job of you know reading the play, you know, diagnosing it quickly, and not giving that offensive lineman a chance to get you know get on top of him. Because if he does, you know, now we're talking you know five six yard gain as opposed to two or three yard gain. You know, in this case, so he does a good job of seeing the play, and that's what you have to do when you're playing linebacker. You have to read it quick, and then once you read it, you know, you have to go. You can't you can't sit back and wait. You have, you know, it's, it's read and react, you know, as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, Hubert has impressed, so I'm, I'm happy he made the roster. Uh, seven tackles this game. Uh, second guy who actually, you know, didn't make the roster. I'm, I'm not really spoiling anything. It came out multiple days. I think it was Saturday at 4 o'clock it was finalized. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I'm not, I'm not surprised anybody here. But uh, Walford, Clive Walford, I thought he was going to make the, the roster. He played pretty well in camp. He's a guy who can block and he can receive – Played well in this game, three receptions for 40 yards. Um, so I was a little bit surprised. I have one play of him. And it's just it's him making a tough catch. And this is something that I we saw with Jordan Leggett later in the game where over the middle um, he wasn't able to, to make this catch. But uh, let's let's see. So Wolford's the Y right here. And I forget what I labeled this cover. I have to watch really quick to, to see. Um, what, the, what did I label this? It's, it's hard to watch it right now. Uh, looks like – yeah. Is this man in zone? What is this? Where where they look like they're playing? They're either playing man under, or I can't really see, or they're playing. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, it is tough to see what they're playing. 
four, five, six. Because you've got because you the corners the corners are playing deep. They're playing deep third, so they can't be you know. But you've got two guys down. You got two in the. Well, you got. So maybe it's cover three. Yeah. So, All right, yeah, so maybe maybe it's cover three, but uh, yeah, except, right, yeah. And I can't I can't see the other safety back there. So yeah, that's he's probably the problem. In the hole, so, yeah, so they're playing three. Yeah. That's the problem with freaking preseason film. <laughs> why why can you not give me get, uh, the the freaking uh, bird's eye? I don't understand. It's preseason. You're not even doing like the stuff you want to do. It's not like like yeah, maybe practice. I can understand. You don't want people to get film on, but you know you're running like basic cover two, cover three stuff. I don't know why I can't get it, but right. it's called it's called cover three. So this yeah. this 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 linebacker is going into like it's curled a flat um, zone and he's, and he's on his exit angle, and I like how Walford right here sees that the linebacker has outside leverage and the way to get defenders and in, in coverage uncomfortable is to attack their leverage because they're like oh right. crap I don't want him to go outside that's why he's playing outside so he gets him to open his hips up there a little bit uh, maybe a little bit sooner than he would uh, if he was just taking his normal normal exit angle by pressing the outside so as soon as the linebacker opens up his hips a little bit he cuts back inside with a hard stick to the outside um, mm -hmm. and just releases on this on the seam route and then he makes a tough catch which is he gets rocked right there, and he still holds onto the ball. Like it's kind of a similar situation later in the game. He dropped the ball, and his face was in the dirt for, you know, 10 seconds. And he has some durability issues, so it's a little bit worrisome. But uh, what do you see from this play? Well, no, I definitely like the like the way that he, he ran the route, and, and you're exactly right. When you attack, you know, the defender's leverage, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's you know, that opens up a little bit of room or gives you more space. And particularly in this covers and, and throw it, you know, the throw is in a good spot. Uh, the only thing I would like to see is maybe him bend it in just a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know, kind of from, you know, away from the safety, uh, you know, because when you're taught a receiver and I did play receiver back in the day, when, <laughs> when you're, when you're running down, you know, when you're running those seam routes or you're running skinny posts or something like that, you want to make sure that you see where the safety is. And when you cross his face, you want to make sure you're bending it in front of him a little bit more or running or either running away from the safety, you know, just to give yourself, a little bit, more, a little bit more room, and you're helping the quarterback out too. So now he can lead the throw, you know, put the throw in a in a better spot for you where you're. He's leading it away from the defender as well. But you know, still good route. Uh, I like the throw. Like I said, yeah. makes a tough catch, and you know, these are the kind of catches you got to make in the NFL. You know, windows are very small. You know, in the NFL, so uh, you know the ball gets in, he makes a tough catch, and then hangs on to it. Yeah, maybe misses on some some uh, yak opportunity like you just uh, said there a little bit. He does bend it inside, and that's John uh, Walford. But he got he got cut the other day. The Jets did like the ultimate troll move, and they signed Davis Webb from the from the Giants, and the Giants cut him. And I think the yeah. reason that some people heard that the the Giants passed on uh, you know Donald because they have Davis Webb, and they were you know happy about him. And obviously that's it's fans, so you don't really know what the Giants' offices or front office is thinking, but. Regardless, yeah, right. nice, nice, nice play from him there. Like I said, maybe bend it in a little bit more. But uh, I like, I like the just the end result of the catch like that. So, just actually try to trade him, but he nobody nobody bid on it because they had a feeling that he was going to get cut by the Jets. So yeah. that's why you don't not gonna really trade for a guy like that. And we'll talk about some trades with uh, dude Khalil Mack, you know, in, in a little bit. And the Jets are apparently in on. Yep. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the number one stud, I, I literally just put no injuries. The Jets had no main, major injuries this preseason, which from the first snap to the last snap is really all like the number one thing on my mind. Just please, God, nobody get injured um, and nobody did get injured. So I, I'm a fan of that. So that's my, my number one stud of the preseason is the injuries. Um, I had the Jets didn't really have any. Going on to the bed of the offense, bed of the defense, uh, Charles Johnson, Charles Johnson, he played okay this, 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 uh, this preseason, he made some you know tough catches. He was pretty, he was relatively reliable in his route running, but uh, he had the 
one drop versus the who's the for the Falcons game. He had the uh, pass interference in the Falcons game. He had this drop, which all but killed his chance. Especially when you're a veteran guy, you're you're competing against a lot of younger type of wide receivers. Uh, you you can't make plays like this, where she just releases on the nine route. The the corner opens up his hips. You know immediately, you can tell he's. I, seems like he's looking high there because of how he's reacting at the snap, a little head fake. Um, But he, he releases outside. He's not getting squeezed to the sidelines, plenty of room. And he gets away with this push off right there uh, or not. Is it right there? No, it's at the end right here. You can see that push off right there creates some room, um, but he's not able to track the ball and 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 he drops at the end right there. So you, you can't do that if you're competing for a roster spot. So no, you can't No, And that's tough. And you know what, honestly, and we see a lot of wide outs, you know, whether, you know, particularly the veteran guys, when they stick that hand up, and usually it's not that high. Usually it's a little bit lower, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we do it as DBs too. You know, when you're trying to slow down or you're coming out of a break, you know, you want to stick your hand on the on the wide-ass hips to try to either gain position or, or come out of the break. But usually in the ball's in the air now, you I'd like to see him just continue to run and, if the, you know, and make sure that he's tracking the ball first as opposed to be, you know, as opposed to worrying about where the, mm-hmm. where the defender is uh, because the ball is in a great spot. Either Charles catches it or nobody catches it, you know, which is, you know, so this is a perfect throw to me. You know, he's just got to do a better job of not necessarily worrying about the defender and concentrating and tracking the ball, you know, to his spot. And he probably makes that catch as opposed to, you know, wanting to get his hands on him and try to get that last push, uh, you know, to get himself open. Yeah, this is open in the NFL, like you said. And uh, oh, yeah, this is, this this is, is definitely McC- open. This is McC- <laughs> yeah, this is this is McCown throwing the ball, which it's it's smart. It's you're leading him vertically and to the sideline because he's not getting you know, he's not getting tightly squeezed to that sideline. So it's a good throw. Um, and like you said, he just needs to track it and, and focus on that because it looks like because he tried to push off, he wasn't as focused on the ball as he should have been. Right, exactly. Couldn't adjust right. his angle to the ball. So yeah, and you see, and, and I see a lot of wide receivers do that. You know, during you know, during games where they're so worried about getting that last push or where the defender is that they lose, especially when it's a great ball like this, you know, they lose track of the ball and, and they're not able to make the adjustment to make the catch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then next one of another receiver who I was surprised to make the roster because the last couple of years he hasn't done anything, didn't really do anything in camp, but apparently the Jets like him for his, for his special teams and he is on the starting special teams. He's a gunner. Um, but Sharon Peak, he – this game, he was competing for his roster spot. He had a penalty on special teams where uh, he ran in uh, out of bounds and back, you know, in bounds. He wasn't forced out of bounds. That's a penalty. He also had a drop on this play right here where he runs a – it's a slant flat concept. He runs a slant. As soon as he clears that linebacker uh, who's getting out on the flat, McCown throws the ball to him. Uh, pretty good location right there. Um, but he lets the ball get into his body. And it seemed – and it's hard to tell exactly, but it looks like he – is almost turning his head a little bit too soon to run up field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to tell. Not, I wouldn't say that definitely because he does. He is looking back towards quarterback when the ball comes in. But I think the problem here is, and it's kind of like in that middle area where it's hard to extend to it. But you, you never want to let the ball get into your body like that. So I think that's you know why he drops it. So. Oh yeah, I mean I, I think he's just worried about the defender. He's I think he's just worried about the defender and, and worried about running and trying mm-hmm. to get away from that inside defender coming. You know, as opposed to securing the securing the catch, and then, I mean, listen, especially in, in on a throw like this on this route combination, if you're the slant guy, you're probably going to get rocked. That's just kind of what it is. <laughs> you know, there's a chance, especially versus gonna, zone. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a, there's a chance that somebody's going to be sitting in there waiting on you. So, you know, the thing that you that you want to do most is make your you secure the catch first, uh, and you know, you run and, and make your adjustments. You know, after that, but the first thing is you got to make sure you look the ball in. 
uh, you know, so you can come, you know, at least get some yards, even if you do get tackled. Yeah, well, it's actually, I, I said zone, but there's actually, it's, it's, I think there's, there's both man and zone where you got man, 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 and then these two guys are like the like yeah. the whole defenders. I think they're playing like what, like inside out on that running back. They're playing, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just banjo on the running back. Everybody else is banned up, and they're just, you know, playing like combo on the running back. And yeah. So and that, you know, and when one gets free, you know, whoever doesn't have the running back, the other guy gets free. Okay. Yeah. So he just prowl wherever he wants to. But yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So the drop from him there. Moving on, other guys who I thought played uh, not not too well. Uh, which I don't, I don't really. It's especially with defensive line, offensive line. It's really hard to evaluate their play because you need the bird's eye view for offensive line, defensive line. But Quale got beat again, like it, like I said, with that drop that he that he had at the end of the game. Um, some other guys, Luvu, we brought up that play um, before of him, and then Nickerson, who I he's another guy like like really explosive traits and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'll run through this play, Marcus, and you can tell me what you think. He is. Right here in the slot in 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 man, I believe. Uh, I always I was so what I do is I watch the game, uh, I record, and then I don't even break it down, and then I kind of uh, break it down when I'm doing the, the Twitter review. So I, I should start marking what cover it is, so I don't have to watch it before. But it's it's man. There's there's definitely it's definitely man. Maybe it's cover one. I can't yeah. uh, there's a safety over top there. But uh, regardless, it's it's man for for Nickerson. If you watch Nickerson in the slot right there, uh, he gets he gets beat pretty badly. It's lucky that it's a drop. But uh, what do you see from this? Well, one, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the soft press. Uh, the thing with the with the soft press is when you're covering the guy that tight, uh-huh. um, and his leverage is okay. You want to play more head up to inside than actually all the way inside, and you're just giving up the outside route. Uh, but because Philly knows that that New York they're in man coverage, so now you're gonna get a lot of crossing routes because that's how everybody beats man coverage. Yeah, uh, concept, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's looking. He's not looking at at the wide receiver hips. If he was, once the wide receiver takes off, he'd be taking off too. Uh, usually, when I used to play in the slot or some of the other guys that I knew, or, and I throw out an old name, Ray Mickens, you know, he would actually, if you go back to the beginning, he wouldn't be this tight to the line of scrimmage. He would give himself a little room and probably be about two to three yards off. So now, if the guy does run across the route, now you can chase him and give yourself a better angle. Plus, you don't run into the the other corner that's coming across, you know, on the other crossing route. So now you give yourself room and, and that's actually important because, you know, whenever you get stacked positions or you get uh, inline positions uh, from the, from wide receivers or tight ends, you always want to give yourself enough room just in case, whether you're on opposite sides or even if you're on the same side, so you're on different levels. So here I think he's looking, he's looking high, looking at the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once the receiver comes out of his break, you know, he's already behind because he's looking up high. You know, and that's that's definitely what I see from this. And now, now you're just playing catch up and praying. <laughs> it's, you know, at this point, he, he gets stuck, like caught in that middle kind of area where he needed to either go over top of that other, you know, drag route right there. It's a mesh, mesh concepts like one of the best concepts for one a short gain and for right. man coverage because this is exactly what happens. And it seems like he's a little bit hoppy too. And I put that on the, yeah. on the top. He, He's hopping a little bit, which when you're when you're hopping, you don't have that ability to cut on a dot, you know, cut right. at, at a millisecond whenever the receiver cuts. So you don't want to see him hopping right there. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, you definitely want to see more shuffle than 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 hop. You know, yeah, yeah. because even because even if you're even if you're shuffling, even if he comes out of his break just a little bit late, mm-hmm. you know, he's still he's breaking himself quicker than he is now. You know, when he's hopping, because when you're hopping, now you're in the air, so now you're just stuck. Yeah, right know? there, literally, it's yeah. a perfect example because. He's hopping back right here, and he right. loses. 
let's right. let's see like uh maybe a full yard or two on them you know yeah so it's, it's yeah because you're happy it's like and you have elite athletes so uh, uh you know a quarter of a second is a couple is a yard or two you know so exactly and then um like i said you didn't need to play over top or you know air quotes jet stream him um maybe because it's third and four you'd like to see him jet stream right here but uh mm-hmm. it, because of that hop he, doesn't, he really doesn't have a choice so Right. I mean, and, and I mean, all, and even though it is third and four, you don't have to be, you really don't have to be that close up on the guy when you're playing press. And if it's third mm-hmm. and four, third and five, really, you can give yourself, you know, a two or three yard cushion because yeah. now, especially if he's running something quick, now you can just, you know, you can just, you know, you chase him down and run at that point, you know, and like, you know, as I said, because they're running, you know, double, you know, mesh, the mesh concept when they're running, you know, double crosses or whatever. Now you've given yourself room to also, you know, keep chasing him while letting another DB, another wide receiver, you know, you know, clear the way and you don't run into anybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so moving on for, from that, uh, Nickerson, I put, I, I put him as a, you know, having a bad game. This is one of his – I think I think last game was his first game. I, I forget if it was last game or, or this game. But, uh, you know, moving on to the good, you know, I think George Atkinson, the, the second or third, uh, he played pretty well. This game he had a big punt return. He had some nice runs. He unfortunately got cut. Uh, other than that, really not much from the offense I saw was good. The Jets only scored nine points, so it wasn't like they were they were killing people. And honestly, you had uh, the John Wolf or Wolf is it Wolford? Whatever his name is, the the quarterback they signed for literally one game because right. they didn't play Donald or uh, McCown. He it's hard for a quarterback to come in like four days of practice and one just be in a rhythm, know the offense and all this stuff. So a lot of the players on the offense didn't have chances to to make plays. But um, you know, moving on to the good of the defense. Henry Anderson had a nice play. Brandon Bryant, he had six tackles. He played pretty well. He was flying around out there. He saw some of those explosive traits that he had, and that's why he's on the practice squad, undrafted free agent out of the uh, supplemental draft. Xavier Cooper made a couple plays. He got cut, too. Brandon Copeland had five tackles. This is him on the uh, edge right here. Uh, you know, he's stand-up outside linebacker on the edge right there. And, again, kind of like the play I, I said before where he gets some good hand placement. He gets his, his hands inside of the – uh, tight ends hands, which allows him to get into the chest, uh, which allows him to control the tight end. He gets extension, mm-hmm. which is good. And you can see him throw a little bit of a rip right there to, to, to get through as, as his hips are, are even. So he kind of clears his hips right there and, and, and clears his chest so his chest isn't getting touched by the tight end. So he scrapes in on a scrimmage, good extension, good uh, good rip to, to get through. So like that play from, from Copeland. Oh, yeah, definitely a good play by Copeland. Uh, as mm-hmm. you said, good job with his hands. Uh, get an extension. He's once you get extension, then you're in control. So now you win. Do, yeah, yeah. He can do whatever move that he wants to do. And you know, at this point, you know, you bring the you know, you bring the other. <clears throat> excuse me. The, I call it the not the opposite arm, but the end the end phase arm or the end line arm underneath to get the rip and, and come off and make the tackle. And he can do this, and he's coming inside because he know he he's got a defender outside of him. Uh, you know, that has contained on the outside. So this is his gap. He does a good job of controlling it. Yeah, yeah. Good play from him there. Uh, another play, which I wanted to, you know, get your opinion on this. I think you're going to agree with me, but Derek Jones, I, he had two pass deflections. The interception, I didn't even record it because the quarterback, he, he was actually beat a little bit, and the quarterback threw to such a bad ball, it almost looked like a punt return, and he just caught it. Uh, oh. <laughs> so it, there was nothing worth breaking down on that play. But uh, this is I, – I, I label this as like a, a meh play where it's like, yeah, good result, but I didn't really love it. And from what – how he's playing, it looks like – from I, I I watched it a couple of times. It looked like it's either it looks like cover three, 
Um, just by base where he's ending, where he's ending up, and how he plays this route, it looks like he's expecting inside help. But whether it be a dagger or a post on the other side, he didn't have any inside help. So um, Jones is going to match this in cover three. And like I said, I don't think cover four. I think somebody would be over here um, by now because there's no other threat. So you just get bracketed. But uh, so I'm I'm gonna go cover three unless it's some other look. But this is why I hate the preseason. But regardless, right. um, so I you can see this you can see the speed from him. He has he has some nice speed. Um, to, to, to catch up right here on this thing, skinny post and he plays the upfield shoulder which is which is good but what I don't like about this is how he's locating the ball and I, I would like to see him attack this ball instead of letting right. it get into his chest because a good receiver he's either going to make this pass interference by working back to the ball or he's he's going to catch it with his hand so I don't like how he lets this ball get into his chest it actually hits um, this is uh, Wheaton from the played with the Steelers for a couple of years, but yeah. the ball actually hits him in the face match. Jones doesn't really make a play on this. It's just he misjudges the ball. So, Yeah, you, you definitely like him see, him see him go up and get this ball. Um, and it's hard to, as you said from the beginning, it's hard to see what coverage they were playing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the space that he gave up, particularly on, because it was a you know a deep post route. Um, I know he had help. You see the safety coming in right there. And so anything, curl or dig, anything like that, I think the safety has. Uh, but you'd like to see him actually go up and, and jump over the receiver, you know, and, and attack the ball, you know, at his highest point. You know, that's why, you know, we do you – know, you see defensive back coaches, you know, and myself, we do all these drills where, you know, and we, you know, we're constantly yelling, you know, attack the ball, attack the ball at his highest point, you know, so you don't, you don't get caught in this type of situation right here. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, normal, normal cover three. That's why it led me to believe cover three too because normal cover three you have that – the safety, you know, as the as a, like a curl to flat defender, um, right. typically, unless it's like cover three buzz or you know, there's obviously a bunch of different cover threes or the basic cover three. That's pretty much what it is. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see him attack this ball for for sure. But he made the team as well, so we'll see how he plays in the regular season. Season if he does see any snaps at all. But um, moving on from that, uh, yeah, like I said, four pass deflect or, or two pass deflections, four tackles, one interception. But that's it for the Eagles game. Let's have anything to add, uh, Marcus. But we'll get into the 53-man roster if that's cool with you. Yeah, let's roll. Um, so, <clears throat> so and let's let's see. So, obviously, we'll start at the beginning. You have Darnold, obvious. And we had you on for the receivers and tight ends show, so we didn't get to talk about Darnold. But overall impressions of him from from USC, from what you've seen, if you, you know, uh, in preseason, I know you, you're living out there in some nice town in Texas. So I know you don't get a lot of preseason, but now you have a game pass. You're going to be able to watch all the Jets games. It's going to be fun to break it down. But, uh, you know, so I'm not sure if you've seen too, too much of the preseason, but just overall thoughts on on Darnold. Yeah, I actually have had the opportunity to watch him, you know, a couple of times. And cool. what I do like is he doesn't look like a rookie. Uh, he definitely looks like he, mm-hmm. you know, has a good grasp on, the, you know, of the playbook. Uh, he understands what, uh, you know, what, what the scheme is and, and what the offense calls for. And he actually looks like he's in command of the huddle, you know, which is one of the things that I do like, especially from young guys coming out of college. <clears throat> and if you're, you know, especially if you're on a team that has, you know, a lot of vets, you know, in, you know, at every position, you know, they want to see if you're in command of the huddle, you know, if you're the leader, do you understand where everybody needs to be? Uh, do you understand the adjustments or, or the calls or the chase that need to be made at a lot of scrimmage? And he looked like, you know, he, you know, had a good grasp of that and, and, and had a lot of control now, during the preseason, you did see some rookie moments, but he's one of those guys where, although he has all of this talent, you know, he's a gamer. He's kind of one of those guys where, you know, if we were in the backyard and we were picking teams, I'd probably pick him first. You know, and, you know, we'd be drawing plays in the dirt and, you know, he'd just make it happen. You know, he has, yeah. you know, a little bit of that in him as well, which I, I love. You know, that can be, 
you know, that can be, you know, controlled and that can be managed, you know, and we've seen, you know, quarterbacks, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the same way, you know, he's the same kind of quarterback where, you know, at the end of the day, he, he's a great athlete and he knows what he's doing and has command of the huddle, but you can just see during games, you know, he's just one of those guys that's just kind of a gamer. So, you know, that's what, you know, I see in Sam Dollar and this, you know, I was actually very impressed, you know, with, with what I saw in the preseason. Yeah, even this, like you, like a, a casual fan sees this and says, "Oh, he just hit a flat route. This isn't that impressive." But he came out after the game and was talking about how <clears throat> basically he saw a man look, which it ended up being, um, you know, at least man on the top of the screen here. Like I said, I don't want to, you know, falsely label the defense when uh, uh, I can't see the the entire play one. But he noticed that the the top of the screen, there was man coverage, and he noticed that the linebacker – I call it sugaring, even though you usually call it sugaring the A-gap, but he actually looks like he's in the B-gap. Right. Um, so what he does is he changes the the route concept, and he runs Sterling into the flat. McBride right here is going to block the um, slot corner uh, as soon as he knows that Sterling catches the ball, and this is basically just a clear-out route. He's just clearing number 24 out of the play right here. So he knows that the defender on the inside of the middle linebacker is in man. He runs the flat route because he knows that he won't be able to make up that ground on him that quickly. So, smart, right. it's a smart play for you know for a rookie. So, you gotta love that too. Oh yeah, and that's you know that's you know and, and honestly, while people are like, yeah, he just hit the flat route. You know that those throws yeah. are harder than people think. <laughs> to your truth, and any every yeah. quarterback, you know, any quarterback, especially at the NFL level, would tell you that like, hey, that's not really an easy throw because it's got to be in the right spot. You got to continue. You know, you got to put it on on the front numbers. You know, of the receiver. You know, so they can continue, you know, they can catch the ball and continue to run. But, you know, he made the adjustment after recognizing the coverage, put the ball in a good spot, and able to pick up good yards there. I'm trying to see if there's the uh... – oh, no, this isn't a play I was thinking about. But there's, like, plays where he would see – he recognized the coverage initially. The uh, Isn't this Giants game? I'm just trying to find it. But he saw basically the outside corner drop back in his curl to flat. And, he, and initially he was he was in position to, to take the corner route from the inside slot receiver – um, but then you notice that the, the that corner drives down on on uh, I forget if it's a slant or uh, you know an in route. But he instead of just taking that initially, he actually waits for the corner to drive down and the corner to, uh, corner route to open up behind it. So he just made some damn impressive plays. Like even even this play, um, just waiting for this linebacker on the exit angle. Uh, at, you know, as the linebacker, you know, crosses where he wants to throw the ball, he fits in a tight ball to uh, Quincy Newmark there. So he he was really impressive this preseason, and like you said, he had rookie moments. So the last game, uh, or in this Giants game where he played, he uh, had an intentional grounding where he could have stepped up in the pocket, but it's it's going to happen. So um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I'm really really excited to break him down with you during the regular season. Uh, I did like a two and a half hour show, and like an hour and a half of it was on him. So. I really liked Arnold. He was my number one quarterback going into the draft, and the Jets got him. I'm really freaking happy with it. So, uh, but moving on from him, your thoughts? And we talked a couple of days ago, and we talked a little bit about the Bridgewater trade. But you know, for other people who don't know your opinion or listeners, uh, what are your thoughts on, on that trade? No, I, I thought it was a good trade for for both sides. To say the truth, I, I thought, you know, from the Jets' perspective, <clears throat> you you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, and just in case, whether it be Donald or McCown doesn't work out. You still got a guy there that, you know, although he was coming off injury, he showed you the preseason that he's still capable of playing in this league. Uh, but you pick up some good, you know, you get good compensation for him, uh, you know, access, you know, access down the road. So you can continue to build, you know, build the roster and, and feel where needed. Um, and for Teddy Bridgewater, you're almost in the perfect situation now. So you go down to New Orleans, you're learning behind one of the, you know, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. 
Uh, you're learning from one of the greatest offensive minds in, in Sean Payton uh, to play this game. And now, let's just say, you know, and I know Drew Brees signed his extension, but let's just say, you know, for example, we'll just throw it out, you know, throw it out there. Let's just say, say the Saints win the Super Bowl this year and Drew Brees hangs it up. So now if you're Teddy Bridgewater, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I kind of like it here. And, you know, you learn, you, you know, you, yeah, you know the offense and, and uh, you see the talent that's around, you know, that's, that's on that team, that Saints team, you know, from, uh, you know, from, from, you know, every position, to tell you the truth. Um, and, yeah. you know, you get a chance to resign, you know, for, you know, for, you know, for good money and sign a, you know, a good deal that's good for you. Or you can test the free agent market and just because of what you've done in the preseason and because you've been down there learning behind Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees and learning, learning under Sean Payton, you know, somebody else is going to pick you up and, and give you a chance to be their starter. So I think it worked out for both sides. And I think both, you know, I think the Jets played it well. You know, Mike McKinnon, you know, did a good job of playing the situation out. Uh, you know, Teddy knew what he was what he was in for when he got there. They didn't make him any promises. Like, look, this is what you're coming in here for. If you do something spectacular and you make us keep you, then that's fine. We don't mind you making us keep you. But, you know, at the end of the day, for Teddy, it's like, okay, yes, I want to show that I can still play in this league. Yeah. So now you got to give me an opportunity to go somewhere else. And I don't mind if you're, if you're trading me or at least, you know, allow me to go somewhere to be the starter or allow me to go somewhere where you can be behind a Drew Brees and learn for a year and then either re-sign there, you know, after Drew Brees is done or test the free agent market. So it, it worked out, you know, great for both, both sides. Yeah, and something that's underrated too is that the fact that one he was able to teach Sam Darnold um, in the quarterback's room and, and practice and all that stuff. He's one of the best like mentor type guys. Like you said, he's twenty five oh, yeah. years old. So if Breeze retires in a year or two, he's right there with a really talented team, great coach to uh, to take over. So I like that the Jets traded, you know, five hundred thousand dollars in a sixth round pick for a, th- a third round pick, basically, and uh, some good experience for Sam Darnold. So I, I like it. I wish I wish Teddy Bridgewater nothing but the best in New Orleans. He's a fantastic dude, um, unless he's playing the Jets or it's you know the Super Bowl or anything like that. But <laughs> it is what it is. I, I hope he plays well. So, <laughs> uh, moving on to the next position, running backs. I think the Jets have a decent running back group, and they're keeping Powell, Crowell, uh, Cannon, and then I'm going to throw Lawrence Thomas in, into there. He's a fullback, but he's still in the running back room. Right. Uh, Thomas is a. I don't know. He's. I didn't think he was going to make the roster. I thought they were going to keep an, an extra tight end, maybe like a guy like Clive Walford. They, they experimented with a little bit, having Herndon in the backfield, Walford in the backfield to, um, you know, block as a, as a fullback where, you know, you have Thomas. And Thomas, he's a big dude, 295. He played defensive end. He played a little bit of fullback in college with Michigan State. But his angles, his leverage that he plays with, I'm not a big fan of him, but they, they kept him. But uh, – Regardless, you know, moving on from him, you have Powell, Cannon. We talked about Cannon. I can show another – I forget what play or, or what game it was, but there's a, there's another play where I kind of showed you before, but it, it was more dramatic where he was pressing the inside like the A-gap, B-gap, but if he just had took some more controlled steps to the to the gap, there was a massive hole outside where he could have bounced the run, but he just didn't yeah. get, he put, put his head down. And it was like an eight, nine-yard game, so it looked good on the broadcast, but it could have been a, a freaking touchdown, but he just didn't take it. So um, – that's my thoughts on him. He has he has a lot of potential. Fast, he makes some quick cuts. Uh, don't have some, don't have him as a punt returner, please God. He just can't do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Powell is is my boy. I I love Powell, and I this is like Powell's not even necessarily a strong guy, but I like gushed about this play when I was doing doing the review. Look how low he is and how much he loads up right there. Just oh, I love it. 
Um, but yeah, so what are your thoughts on the, I guess the Jets running back room in general and the guys they kept, uh, you know, you know, for you. So, well, obviously, no, I, I, we, I think we both agree that we like Powell. Uh, I, I've definitely been, you know, been a fan of Powell, <clears throat> been a fan of Powell, excuse me, since he's been in the league. Yeah. However, um, I don't know how, how fast, <laughs> you know, Ken is going to give the speed. Uh, I think the rest of the running back room, you know, is kind of like average to tell you the yeah. truth. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, you'd like to see, and not that, you know, and there's not a lot of Saquon Barkley's out there or, you know, running backs like that out there. However, there are, you know, got, you know, there are a lot of Lamar Millers or um, um, Carlos Hyde's. Yeah, Carlos Hyde's. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's some backs out there that are similar to that. And I like to see the Jets pick up someone, you know, like that. That's uh, definitely, you know, effective in the passing game board, but probably a little bit, you know, just another back that's dynamic. You know, you can – uh, you know, line him up in the slot or, you know, sit him out on wheel routes or, uh, you know, he can run anger routes out of the backfield. I just like to see them pick up somebody that's a little bit more dynamic. Uh, I think some of these backs, while, uh, especially Powell, while even though Powell isn't, as you said, he isn't overly powerful or anything like that, um, he's not, I don't think he's super dynamic. I mean, he yeah. fits what they do, but, you know, you just like to see, you know, see, see to just pick up a more dynamic back, you know, to kind of add to that group. But, Overall, you know, I, you know, I mean, the group is good. You know, you've got some young guys in there that, that you know, have the chance to learn from from Powell. Um, I'd be interested to see, you know, once Kenny gets going uh, and kind of learns the game and learns how to control himself um, and understand, you know, have a, a better understanding of of the game and what he's asked. You know, what kind of player he could be just because of his physical attributes. Yeah, he's like an all around type guy who's not really. Um you know, too explosive or too powerful. He's just kind of he's, – he's decent everything. I would call the Jets running back room decent. Yeah. Well, I had something a little bit more of a power guy. I'm not going to call him as much of a power guy as like a Chris Ivory that the Jets had. He could, He's a little bit more capable in the receiving game, makes some quicker cuts, uh, has some good balance. But, yeah, it's it's, a, it's an average room. Uh, with the uh, the injury to McGuire, McGuire was going to be that, that – uh, he's a guy who's probably going to get like 20% of the snaps, 15% of the snaps receiving receiving threat. I think he's even better receiving threat than Powell is. Uh, he runs really, really clean routes. I like his route running a lot. Uh, but he got injured. I really wanted to see the Jets, especially now that McGuire a couple of days ago came out and they said that uh, he's on short-term IR so he can return week nine. I, right. was, I was really – I really like – I don't know if you were able to watch a lot of him, but uh, I don't have any film on it. Breaking down any film, but uh, Orleans Darkwa from from the from the Giants, and he's not necessarily even receiving back, but I think he's a guy who, with the Giants' offensive line, how bad they were the last couple of years, he averaged like four point three yards per carry. I, I, when I watched Giants games, I wasn't breaking down the film of them. I really liked him, so I would like to see them add another guy to this room because Crowell, uh he had a concussion actually on this very play. Powell had some injury problems in his career. Yeah, uh, I don't want Cannon really in the game, you know, at all. Maybe a little bit, but he has. To, <laughs> he just, it just he needs to develop. He really, he really does. Um, so I like to see him sign another guy, but you know they didn't. Uh, Orleans Dark was a guy I like to see them pick up, but at this point it's it's kind of too late, and hopefully that you know Crowell or uh, Powell don't have any injuries because yeah, you could you could run with those guys you know fifty fifty for the first nine games, but if one goes down and then it's Powell and Cannon, yeah, I, I don't know, man, and especially the Jets' offensive line. The Jets' offensive line is, to me, a below-average pass-blocking group, which is mm-hmm. – you can get around that. Listen, bootlegs, play action, you can get right. around that, especially with a guy like Donald, who his best attribute is probably throwing on the run. He's, he's fantastic at it. 
Uh, he has some obviously good things, anticipation. We've talked, I've talked for hours about him, so people know my thoughts on him. I really like him, but you can kind of negate that a little bit. But the thing that worries me is, is the Jets are going to be playing teams who are going to be one, they're going to be saying a lot of exotic blitzes and things like that, but they don't have an offensive line who could really run block at all. I think this is a bottom 10 unit in the NFL, and it's kind of being kind at times. Well, I would say, I'll say bottom 10, I'm not being kind because Spencer Long adds something to this team, but. Their run blocking has been one – it's been abysmal for the last couple of years. This preseason has been really, really bad. And that worries me because you're not going to have to put that, that fifth, sixth, seventh guy into the box to stop the run, and that extra guy's going to be in coverage for Sam Donald. So exactly. the, the running game is sketchy to me at best. Shell is not a run blocker. Beecham is not a run blocker. Carpenter is a guy who, when he first played with the Jets, and the Jets they, they played in a, in a man – gap scheme so it was one-on-one you know he could use that 320 pound body and move you out of the gap but inside zone last year he struggled now the Jets are playing an outside zone he's not an athletic guy so that worries me with him Spencer Long is a guy who's kind of like Carpenter in the sense that he's a powerful guy he's not a guy you want moving laterally so Rick Dennison is a guy who with the Bills in 2016 McCoy had one of his best years uh inside zone I believe it was inside zone don't quote me on that but I know they ran a different a different scheme. Rick Dennison took over the run game. They ran outside zone. They struggled more. So Rick Dennison's a guy who's not going to move from the outside zone scheme. Um, so the Jets run game really does worry me, and I, I hope they added another guy, another guy that didn't. Also with the offensive line, they didn't add it back up left tackle. But, you know, I just kind of – I don't know. Um, yeah, well, who's going to be – who are they using <laughs> as the um, – because they didn't add a left tackle. So who, who did oh. they peg, if you've heard, because I haven't seen anything, mm-hmm. who's going to kind of be the swing guy then? The sw- like the swing backup left tackle, tackle. Yeah. yeah, who's gonna be? Yeah, usually you know, usually there's one you know one guy that can you know usually be you know kind of the swing tackle or or um, you know kind of the extra guy. You know, who have they paid anybody or yeah. you seen anybody on the roster that could be that guy? Yeah, no man, it, it's, <laughs> that's my worry because they had Ben Ajalana who they signed for like it was it was this is the second year of the contract they signed him for, I believe it was two years, eleven million, so like five point five million dollars a year. And um, it's it's Brent Quale now, who was a right tackle. He's right. not a left tackle, and he played really, really, really bad this preseason. He's the guy. So it's it's really worrisome that he's a backup guy, especially Beecham hasn't played this preseason. He hasn't been practicing all that stuff, and he has some injury problems with Pittsburgh. That's why he left Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But um, here, I'll, sh- I'll show you. I'll, sh- I'll show you who our guy is. Left tackle right here. This is our guy. So yeah. it's – uh, man, uh, and I'm not the biggest offensive line guy. You'll, you'll figure that out um, through my time here. I'm openly, I openly admit it. It's not like I don't know anything about the offensive line. I still, I think, know a decent amount, but uh, it's not my strongest position. But even right here, it's just like basic stuff. Like one, this is not kickstanded. You wanted to see that front foot. You want really want to see that weight loaded up on that front foot for offensive line. They exploding and, and get out on their kick step. Yeah, or, you know, kick slide. Um, his his hips are locked forward. Because his feet are his feet, both of his feet are pointed forward, his foot is his, his inside foot isn't loaded up. Um, it's just like very basic stuff. And then he oversets too. Right. Uh, he oversets big time, and which allows the uh, Olivier Vernon to get inside, and he basically just he has to hold him. And this is actually another really good play of Donald, where I don't, can't tell exactly what he's seeing, but tight throw, um, and that's actually Wolford who drop or Warford who drops it, and, uh, but still nice throw from Donald, but. 
Yeah, that's that's the left tackle. That's the backup swing tackle right there. So. Yeah, he yeah he's. I mean, he's not far off. I mean, he. I mean, really, with him, I just it's just really in mechanics. You know, it's fundamentals. First of all, as you said, uh, you like to see you know a little bit more balance. You know, overall with his hips underneath him, a little bit more uh, not being over so much. <clears throat> uh, you know, more upright. I, I equate. I mean, really, and I know this is going to sound weird, but offensive linemen and DBs are are kind of the same when we're, when you're talking about technique and when you're starting from. Yeah, I know. I know. I know that sounds weird. Yeah, I know that does sound weird. But think about this for <laughs> for a defensive back, you know, especially yeah. if you're playing corner or you you're an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you you always want to ha- have you know like an imaginary cha- imaginary chair, you know, on 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 the back of your body. So that's you know when you're lined up. So now the chair keeps your hips underneath you. Um, you're at somewhat of a lean, but your hips are still underneath you, and you still have you're able to use, you know, your core strength and things like that to keep your balance. So now, uh, you know, you're set up that way. And then you want the pressure on the medial part of your foot or the inside part of your leg. So now you can kick or you can shuffle either way that, that you need to go. Uh, so when I watch offensive linemen, that's kind of the first thing that I'm looking at because it is similar to playing corner, uh, you know, in, in, you know, from that, you know, from that aspect with him, you know, that's, that, that was the first thing I noticed before you even started pointing it out. I was like, okay, yeah, he's way off. Like he's yeah. he's leaning forward. He's not balanced. Like he has, you know, he doesn't have his power, though his weight managed in the right, you know, in the right position. So you know, and that's something that can be worked on. You know, that's you know, that's stuff the end all be all. You know, he can work on that. Uh, it'll take a little bit of time, especially going from right tackle to left tackle. Mm-hmm. But it can definitely, you know, it's definitely something that you can work on. Well, yeah, it sounds easy to people. Oh, well, it's just it's, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's it sounds easy, it's, but it's, it's not complete opposite. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's it's the it, you know now you're using yeah you're using different muscles, uh, you're going a different way than what you're used to now. So yeah, it, it's definitely something that you have to get used yeah. to and you have to work on. It, it's it's like in pee wee football that might be easy, but it's like saying a freaking quarterback who throws right handed. Okay, start throwing left handed. It's not a problem. Like what? what are you right. Talking? So <laughs> yeah, this is him. This is him again too. And there's like a lead outside zone, and uh, he's just he's not he's not very good. And like Joe Thomas, he like he talks. About, was it Joe Thomas? I think it's Joe Thomas. He talked about like leading up on that inside foot, so he really explode off of it and get out on that kick slide. And right. that one play I showed, he just he just the weight distribution is very off, and they the offensive tackles want that like kickstand type of thing where. Your hips are opened up a little bit. That outside leg is, is bent and allows you to get outside quicker. And it's just right, right from the jump, even before the, 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 the ball is snapped, he's just not in the right position. So, um, yeah, he's, he's not good. So that's, that's our – the running game is going to be an issue this year. I, could, I guarantee it. Even like this play too, like outside zone. And this is what I talk about like athleticism for, for, for Carpenter – it's almost impossible, especially versus a good defensive lineman, for for long right here to reach block this guy in the uh, one tackle. He actually almost looks like a two eye. I don't know if you differentiate right. between zero, one, two eye, two, three, four eye, like yeah. all of that. Okay, yeah. so perfect. So he looks almost more. Maybe he's a little bit slanted. I don't. Know. Let's just call him a. Let's just call him a, a one tech for now. But yeah. maybe, maybe two eye. It's really hard for long to reach block him here. And you want to see a little bit more help from Carpenter there to get out to the second level, but he doesn't. And you, I saw that all preseason where Carpenter's not helping with the play side one tech for for long and long. We're just putting a bad position right here. So, uh, oh yeah, yes, you'd at least like to see him get. And it doesn't have to be much. He can just be just a tap on the shoulder pad with the hand, and, and then work his way up to the second level before you know he you know in this that play he just took off. You know he didn't give him any help at all. But 
I mean, but because of that, and I don't know, just because you didn't see a lot, I mean, it seems yeah. like the Jets are going to more inside zone, outside zone. You know, if you don't have the athleticism at the offensive line to do that, then you got to change your running scheme up a little bit. So you may have to start running. Mm-hmm. You may have to start running some power plays, uh, you know, running some counters. Uh, I mean, you, you may have to go old school a little bit, especially with the kind of backfield that you have. Uh, you know, like Powley is built for what I like him in, in those other – you know, in those, in those other schemes, and he's capable of doing them. I think he's more of a – I think he's a better, uh, you know, lead, power, you know, uh, kind of trap, you know, back as opposed to, you know, necessarily a zone back. So, I mean, they may, you know, consider that down the road, but right now they're going to struggle with that's you know, unless they're just working on that in the preseason and then and during the season we're going to see something completely different, uh, you know, and that's what the preseason is for. You work on things that you, you know, that you don't do as well. Uh, so hopefully, you know, there'll be a little bit of mix of of those some of those other runs, you know, along with the, you know, the inside and outside zone as well. Yeah, and that's the worry because Bills fans talking on I know some like Bills fans are like really like deep in the film, uh, and they just said he never changed his zone from outside zone and they and they clearly struggled with it. Uh, it's just it's really worrisome for me. Uh, and I could I could show you plenty of plays of of Carpenter, just his lateral movement doesn't allow him to play in his own scheme. And I was talking with people like, oh, yeah, inside zone didn't fit him last year, uh, but outside zone is going to fit him better. I'm like, what? Like, what? Wow. Right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and they were defending it, and they just started saying big words to make himself trying to sound smart. And I was like, dude, I'm not even getting involved with this. Just if, if, you're, <laughs> if you can't – if you're not athletic in an inside zone, how are you going to be better in an outside zone? But, whoa. Um, right. Tight end room, Neil Sterling, Chris Herndon. Sterling was the best tight end of this uh, entire offseason and preseason, so I'm happy with that. He runs some uh, some crisp routes. I broke this down in the show that we did, um, but you had to go- jump off a little bit because we ended up talking about three players in, in, in two hours, so that's going to happen sometimes. Um, but, yeah, he's I, – I, I, like Ster- I like Sterling a lot. He's not a blocking type guy. And he's from Monmouth, which is literally 15 minutes down the road for me, so you guys got to root for a guy like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Sterling's there, Herndon's there, the rookie fourth round guy. He's an all, more of an all around type of guy. Eric Tomlinson, who is not, he's not a tackle. He can't lock up, you know, and he's right here. Um, yeah. but he, so he's not going to lock up, you know, outside linebackers and all that stuff. I'm talking about Tomlinson. Um, but he's the best blocking tight end we have by far. There are times where he can block an outside linebacker defensive end one-on-one and take him out of the play. So like him. Jordan Leggett's the one guy who didn't make sense to me. He's battling injuries. Maybe it's because he's a fifth-round pick of last year, didn't play his full rookie season, didn't play really too impressive in camp or even in the preseason. So I would like to see Wolford. But unfortunately, he he wasn't signed. It's a fourth-string tight end, so I'm not going to lose my shit about it. But it's, it you know, it is what it is. So he's the fourth guy. Those are the four guys. I don't know if you uh, – you know, have any thoughts on on this tight end group? It's not it's not an all star lineup. It's guys who are more unproven with room to grow. I yeah. think it's better than some guys they've had in the future, especially the guy like Neil Sterling, who I, who I do like as a receiving type of guy in Tomlinson. But you know, it's not you don't have Gronk and Kelsey and Zach Ertz on the team. So, right, and and as you said, there this is just a, a group that that they're trying to develop, and and obviously Sterling is the one that you know is the most developed out of out of you know the entire group. But however. You also have, even though he's classified as a wideout, you know, you still have Anunwa, who is somewhat of a tight end, if if you think about it, the way that they use him. Yes, he's a, I mean, he's a wide receiver, but if you're, you know, coming out in 12 personnel or if you come out in, I call it half, or you're coming out in uh, 11 personnel, you know, Anunwa can line up at either the tight end spot, you know, or the wide receiver spot. 
So maybe they're banking on, you know, it seems like they're banking on that because they get a two for one with a new one and with these other guys, they can actually use them to develop and you get, uh, use Sterling, you know, as a true tight end in, in other formations and other situations. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, when I see that and, and I see the rest of the guys, you know, I see Sterling and I see the rest of the guys that are on their, you know, on their roster as tight ends and they aren't developed. You know, my first, you know, my first thought is always, okay, well, who's the other guy? Uh, because you're always looking at multiple positions. So whether it be, uh, let's just, for example, say if if Tomlinson is good at the H-back spot and, you know, Sterling's a tight end, or you can flip it, have Terling, you know, Sterling in a tight end and a new one in at the H-back spot. So, you know, they, you know, you, you know, they, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, especially on offense, they try to use, you know, a guy that has a similar skill set or physically he looks like, you know, one of the, you know, looks like a, you know, somebody in, in a different group and they'll use him, uh, you know, in the same manner as, you know, like having two tight ends, but, you know, really a new one is a wide out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You know, so it's probably, you know, that's probably that, you know, they're thinking, you know, just based off of, of the group that they selected. Yeah. I legitimately think I'm not actually, it's not legitimate. So that sounds pretty stupid, but uh, a noon is probably the best uh, blocker on this team. And obviously, yeah. I have to like. I was gonna say I legitimately <laughs> think it, but I would sound really stupid. But it's kind of like um, he is a really good blocker. I, I like Anunwa a lot. Yeah. Uh, and and we and going into that, you know, because we covered the tight ends receivers. We talked about this for a while. I know your thoughts on Anderson. I know your. Uh, let me show you. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a play of um, of Anderson that actually. So so I I talked about. I forget what freaking game it was in the preseason. Was it the. Giants? No, it wasn't the Giants. I think it was the Falcons game. Let me let me pull this up. But his understanding of routes and what he's being asked to do at times, it's just he doesn't get it still in certain aspects. He's a really good deep threat, but there's right. just some areas of, of his game he's seriously seriously lacking. So let me just oh yeah, he's he still he still needs to grow in the in the the short to intermediate area. That's you know right now that's where he's having. You know, having his difficulties is you know the the deeper throws or the deeper routes are easy because that's what he is. But you know, for a guy like that that has you know as much speed and 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 uh, you know a quickness that he does, you know that's all he's you know known or that's all he was used for for the most part. So he hasn't really had a chance right. to really develop into a, a intermediate route runner. Third and five. I'll just play this really quickly for you because I know you're gonna understand it pretty quickly. Yeah. Ready. So third and five. Like I said. Uh, that yeah. frustrates me so much. It really yeah. does. I mean, yeah, 35. First of all, you got to make sure you get beyond the first down mark before you do anything. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You got yeah. to break that route back. And it, people, oh, well, Donald, Donald is reading so many things right now. He's trusting his receiver to, to make that break beyond the first down uh, marker. Right. And it's, 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 uh, and the receivers, I mean, the quarterback's hips are already, already open. So he can just press them upfield and then cut back right there. And he doesn't right. do it. It gets tackled, and it's just it's yeah. He's he's good, but it's just he's not he's not. People feel like the thing was like a top ten, top fifteen guy. He needs to develop his game a lot before he gets there. Oh yeah, um, he's he, he's not there yet. Now he has the potential to be there, but he's he's definitely not there yet. He's not a top ten, top fifteen guy right now. No, and, and there's not, a, you know, just because he he's lacking. You know the while the, being a deep threat is good, the intermediate game is the most important part of you know, and this is my personal opinion, is for me as a wide receiver, your intermediate game is more important than your short game or your long game. Because now, 
you can set so many things up. If you're a good intermediate route runner, if you run curls good or run digs good or you run deep comebacks good, now you just set up so many other things for if you're running a slant or you're running, you know, a quick out or if you run deep posts or, you know, or, or you know, a go route. You've really set – you kind of set – you can set yourself up in so many different ways, you know, based off of, you know, those intermediate routes that you that you can run. Yeah, and yeah. like this play, and I talked about with you specifically. I don't know if, if you remember, but I said he needs to work on his game, working back to the ball. And in yeah. fairness, this was tipped, but I think he has plenty of time to to adjust to this ball. And I think he feels that corner closing down. I mean, he doesn't like to take shots. He didn't trip to his knees right here, but he he can easily plan outside and work back inside, extend his hands to this ball, and make this catch. When he drops to his knees. He does not like contact at all. So yeah, and that ends up being a drop because he lets it get into his body. So right, yeah, he can easily. I mean. He, Coming out of his break, if he stays on his feet, he can really stay up and, and come back to this ball. I mean, he's good. He needs to just work back instead of falling to his knees. I mean, I understand he may be trying to, you know, trying to settle because I do, you know, wide receivers do this. If they, they think that they're close to the marker or right on the marker, then they just settle where they are and just try to look the ball in as opposed to coming back to the ball and then try to make the play after that. But at least catch the ball with your hands, you know. So, um, yeah. it's – he has, he has work to do, and some people will like to say, like, uh, just because he got more yards, they see more yards, and they say, oh, well, he, he really improved on his route running and, and working back to the ball. Well, nobody says working back to the ball, but maybe because I, I watched too much film. Um, but he, he needs he needs to work on this stuff. And we'll see this during the season. I, pr- I promise it's going to come up again to the Jets fans. So we know your thoughts on Anderson, but don't discount that. We really like him going going deep. Oh, yeah. No, no, we, yeah, we, yeah, we like him. We just like to see him improve and, and continue to grow as a wideout. Yeah, yeah we yeah, like true. him. He could be a really good guy, but there's I'm sure there's aspects, and I'm not comparing him to him, so this guy I'm going to say, so don't even go crazy, people. But <laughs> Antonio Brown has areas he needs to work on. I probably can't find it on film, but I'm sure a guy like Marcus could. So, you know, everybody can everybody can work at something. Guys like Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, you know, Darrell Revis and his problems. There's always things you can work on, but Anderson has some things to work on. That's what it is. I'm not saying he's a bad player because I'm criticizing him. Um, oh, we, no, there's always more you can work on. Always. Yeah, yeah. So we know your thoughts on Anderson. Anunua, beast. I love the dude. Uh, curse, savvy route runner, reliable, Z type of guy. Go over the middle. Yep. Pryor is the unknown X factor type of guy that receiving room. Roberts is your um, return guy who runs some crisp routes, but he needs where? Oh, damn. See, I wish I freaking. I think it was the Falcons. He ran a. I think the. I, I said the best route of the game, but um, he's the return guy, shifty guy. Can run some good routes, and uh, unless it's versus press, press he struggles with. And Peak is a special teams guy, but your thoughts on the rest of the group? I'm gonna try to find this uh, this Roberts play while you're uh, while you're talking here. So. Well, yeah. Well, you know, obviously for uh, I think it's. We were talking about Roberts. Um, Andre spe- Roberts. Yeah, when you're a special teams guy, you know, obviously that adds value to to what you are. So if you have you, – you could be an average receiver, but if you're obviously, you know, good at special teams and you're, you know, a returner or you excel at, at you know, other spots, so whether it be on kickoff or kickoff return or, you know, if you're the gun on punt or something like that, uh, you know, that, that definitely brings value to, you know, to you know to you and it helps the team out as well. Uh, for prior, nobody knows what prior is going to be. Physically – Yes, I mean, he looks the part, but, you know, we still have to keep in mind, and I'm guilty of this as well. You know, we have to remember this dude was a quarterback for, you know, so many years, and he's still, you know, understanding how to play the wide receiver position. You know, he's not there yet. Uh, you know, and while he has all these physical abilities, you can't just go out and all of a sudden be a great wide out if you haven't, you know, been working on it. And and for him, 
you know, he's just going to have to continue to develop. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll be able to do that, you know, in the Jets system, you know, being in Cleveland and being in Washington, you know, he, you know, had, you know, he was playing wide outs, you know, and dealing with some injuries and other things that he probably uh, dealt with that, you know, haven't come out publicly, but he's kind of the unknown guy. So I'd like to see how he develops or how he's used, you know, during the season. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, we're, with the exception of, you know, Anderson still has to grow, you know, a new one and Curse are right now are my two main guys. You know, I can depend on both of those guys, you know, no question. So the only problem with that is now is obviously if I'm sitting at the house and I'm thinking about that sitting on the couch, you know, the other head coaches that are looking at film, you know, 30 hours during the day have already figured that out. So they're going to figure out a way to take them out and make, you know, make it just beat them in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the routes of Roberts I was talking about. I love this route. Um but I, I covered that a lot on the, on the Giants game. I just wanted to kind of show you for the visual reference, just because you, you could see you could see you could see why it's it's man. Uh, this defender opened his hips because he's trying to run from this underneath route. He has to go over top, so his hips are open. Right. Uh, see that he can't just cut outside because his hips are already open. He would be in on that, so he presses inside to get him to flip his hips back, arm over, clears himself, cuts back outside. I love that. So yeah, no, um, great, no, great, great job of setting up the DB. Yeah. And that's and that's all, and, and it's a great route. Bad, I mean, definitely bad positioning by the DB. But yeah. take it. I mean, but take advantage of that. So now he's got yeah. you know you know once he comes outside you know the, the wide out right here he's got the DB all day. He can run any route that he wants to at that point. Uh, yeah, he's he's beat right here. So yeah. as long as you're yeah, a smart he, route runner. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he's beat. So he's beat now because really he could come outside. He can give him move inside, stall the DB, and work his way outside. You know, back outside as well. Unless, so really, he he's got you know he's 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 yeah. really got the DB at, at you know kind of at his mercy right now. Unless he has like elite foot speed and hips, the DB is not making up for this. Um, no. But okay, let's let's um it's nine thirty, so let's push some of this. Uh, offensive line, I've already covered it many many times. Beecham, Carpenter, Long, Winters, Shell. It's a below average group. Some people are trying to call it average. I think they're okay pass blocking, run blocking. It, it, we're gonna struggle. It, we are. Yeah. Uh, Dozier is the backup center guard. Same thing with Harrison. Quale is a backup swing tackle. Braden's just a guy uh, who plays guard and tackle a little bit. Uh, ben Ajlana's on the IR, so we'll move on from that. It's not a strong group, Mark. I don't have anything to, to add to that because, you know, we're trying to get through the rest of the defense. Then we have the practice squad to cover a little bit. Other news, uh, Jets line, so yeah. we are going to uh, – Yeah, we can roll. Yeah, we can roll. We were, I think we've said enough, you know, about, yeah. about the old line and what we expect with them. So. Yeah. Uh, defensive line, Leo is a beast. Yeah. Uh, he's not all pro, but he's a pro bowl type of player. McClendon is severely underrated last year. I could show you 30 plays of McClendon just dominating dudes. Pennell yeah. is a 330-pound nose tackle who knows how to use leverage and power. Shepard's a guy who, play, who balled out this preseason, really liked what I saw from him, especially coming from a smaller school. Father Kossi played well as well. Uh, from where you come from, UConn, I think. Um, Henry Anderson. I think yeah, Henry Anderson is a the guy that they got from the from the uh, Colts. He's a you know a lighter type of three four defensive end who can play all over the line a little bit. He has some issues with his strength, but we'll see. I, I like what he did this preseason. He's a, he's a good rotational guy, and I think having wrote having guys you can rotate in on the defensive line is important because that's a freaking one. You're like three hundred pounds or near three hundred pounds. And you're playing every snap balls to the wall. Uh, it's hard, man. L listen, offensive linemen can take a play off if they know it's like a quick pass or the run's not going to their side. Not, well, no, they can't take a play off, but 
they don't have to go 100% on all plays where defensive linemen don't know what's coming. Every single play, they have to go balls to the wall. So, oh, uh, yeah, you get, well, yeah, you got big guys like that. You got to have a rotation. You know, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, everybody's going to start. Look, I mean, people have done it, you know, before Philadelphia, but I think people are going to start going to the kind of the Eagles model. I mean, not necessarily, not necessarily spending that kind of money on the defensive line, but you got a six guys that can come in and you're getting the same production, you know, from all six, you know, I think that's kind of going to be what, you know, what the model is for a lot of teams moving forward, you know, if they can afford it. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause uh, like you said, it's, it's better. I, let's say if a guy is really, really good, but he's tired, I'd rather have an average guy in who is who's right. juiced up and, you know, and, and ready to go there. So uh, it's, right. it's important to, to have that. Uh, but yeah, so I've done, I did the, the show about like all these other guys, but, we're gonna have plenty of film to break down during the season, so I don't have to. I'm not gonna pull up plays of every single guy that we're talking about because we'd be here for four years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but moving on from the from the defensive line, uh, I think it's I think it's a solid group. I don't. It's it's not like the, the freaking Rams have now, which is just. Uh, I, I have no idea how people are gonna block the Rams and the Vikings defensive line. It's just I, yeah, even the, even the Eagles cheating. now. It's just it's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you, have, yeah. you have Sue. <laughs> you have Sue and freaking Aaron Donald. I just you better run a lot of toss plays. Um, and yeah, then yeah, you, you're running. You, you got to be running outside a lot when you yeah. play that group. Yeah, and, then, and even then, you know, with Westbrook and I can't remember the other guy's name on the other end. I mean, they're I mean they're loaded and they have a good depth. So they're yeah. They have gonna, Brockers. Brockers is there. yeah. Brockers yeah. So and then the freaking the the Vikings. You have Hunter. You have Griffin. You have Lindell Josephs, who is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, if not like the best, um, yeah. or nose tackle. And then you have um, who's Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, Lindell Joseph, and Sheldon Richardson now. Sheldon Richardson. What, what yeah. the hell? Uh, and then Eagles. It's just they're crazy. Three crazy defensive lines, but um, yeah, I think the Jets are somewhere average. I think they're a pretty good group or a decent group. Uh, moving on though, outside linebacker. Is it's it's lacking, man. It's it's the, you've heard for years the Jets have problems getting a pass rush, and the outside linebackers are the biggest part of that in, in a three four. And people always like, oh, well, you know, just like crazy thing. Like, just why don't the Jets just play a four three? It's like uh, it's crazy because whatever. Um, but yeah, outside linebackers Jenkins, Martin, Copeland, Eek, and then you have Jeremy Atachu, who's twenty five years old, second round pick, six three, two fifty three. He has some bend. He's pretty. He's pretty good burst. He's been disappointment since he came out of college. Second round pick, like I said. I think he only has like nine sacks in his career. He's had some injury problems. So I think it's a nice name. Um, he has some potential, but this outside linebacker group is probably that and offensive line are the are the biggest weaknesses on this team. So. Yeah, and just based off of what they're trying to do schematically, those are the two most important positions you know where you where you need guys you know the o-line and and you know especially when you're playing a three four you always need linebackers like you just you can't have enough can't ever have enough you know good linebackers when when you're playing a three four and the thing is while the three four is a flexible defense and it allows you to do a lot of things you still got to have some guys that understand how to do it or are athletic enough you know to do it if you can't get too complicated with it so you know that's you know, right now they're kind of in between. You know, they've got some guys where they may understand the defense, but physically they may not be able to handle the load for what it is that they're trying to do. So, you know, it makes them have to, you know, it they can't call everything that they probably want to call or, you know, they can't run some of the games or, or do some different things or rest the passer, you know, like they would like to. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, three in a 3-4, your primary pass rush is from those outside linebackers. So, because those – obviously the interior or the defensive lineman needs a two-gap and all that stuff. So, um, middle linebacker is a group that – I love Avery Williamson. I really, really do. He's my favorite signing of the offseason. I think he's a really yeah. strong dude, plays a good leverage, powerful, smacking the mouth. Um, he's okay in coverage. He's not, you know, Luke Kuechly in coverage or anything like that. But I like Williamson a lot. Lee, mm -hmm. we've talked about it. I just, I don't see it with him. Uh, I don't think he's getting that that fifth year option next, or added onto his contract. I don't know if he's even going to be the starter for the whole year. So we'll see with him. Then you have uh, Hewitt. Minter was cut. I liked Minter. He had some experience with Bulls. Uh, 2015, he had a really good year. 2016, going to free agency, he was looked at as one of the top middle linebackers. Signed to Cincinnati, had some issues there, but he didn't make the team. Kevin Pierre Lewis is a coverage guy. He's suspended one game. Um, any thoughts on that? And we'll move on to safety cornerback really quickly. Uh, no, like I said, yeah. in interested to see what kind of year Leo's going to have. But I'm with you. I love Williamson. You know, love him, love him. Like you said, it, he's a middle linebacker. I don't need him to be Luke Keekley. I just need you know <laughs> in the th yeah. I mean, in the three four. You know, I don't. You know, I need him to be the guy that. If he's covering anything, it's, you know, five to eight yards and below. And But I need him to, you know, be able to, you know, rush the quarterback, you know, when he's caught upon with it, you know, blitzing or something like that. Or, uh, But I need him to be, you know, more of a run stopper than anything else. So, Yeah, yeah. The, that inside triangle is like to uh, refer to it. And, then, you know, 3-4 versus 4-3 or 4-3 is the two defensive tackles, the middle linebacker, 3-4. It's the uh, – you know, the nose tackle and the two outside linebackers. But, yeah, Avery Williamson's my guy, man. He's, he's going to make some plays this year. I really I really do like him. Just like this, just like smart. But um, so moving on to the next group, Jamal Adams, May, Wilcox, Brooks, Middleton, they decided to keep five safeties. I, I like that group a lot. They have versatility. Adams, uh, I think, has the talent and the aggression and the leadership to be a type of guy who could be an all-pro type of guy. Um, not this, maybe not this year. He still has some room to grow, uh, especially mm -hmm. in being over aggressive and things like that. Especially tackling form, he tackles yeah. the ankle way too much and doesn't really close the distance between himself and the the ball carrier and dives a lot. But uh, we like I like Adams a lot. I can't put words in your mouth. May is a guy who I thought had an all right rookie year. He got beat a lot more than people realize he did, but the ball just wasn't thrown there. So I think he's decent. I want to see him clean up coverage this year a little bit. Wilcox is a guy who can play all around. Brooks is a coverage guy. Middleton's a, a kind of a run-stuffing type of guy too. But uh, any any thoughts on the uh, safety group? Yeah, I just – I mean, I like Wilcox. He is more – you know, the more all-around, you know, guy. like to see Adams grow a little bit. Um, just play a little bit, you know, under control. I know he's an emotional player, and, I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're too emotional, it allows you to be over-aggressive you know, whether it be in pass coverage or when you're tackling. Um, and sometimes even just in coverage, you know, you get out of position. So uh just like to see him grow a little bit. And, and I think, you know, in this second year, I think he'll grow a little bit. But, I mean, decent group, nothing, you know, nobody, you know, special. Jamal Adams has a chance, you know, he's the one that has the, the you know, the potential to be the one that's special back there, uh, you know, as he continues to play. But, you know, I think it's a solid group. You know, you can, you know, I, I'd take those guys if I had them. Yeah, yeah, they're. Uh, I I like the group a lot. I like Adams a lot, um, but we'll see how the other guys develop. So they they have a, they have a decent group right there. It's not. We'll we'll see how they develop. It's young. It's a young group with Adams and May. Yeah. So it's. I'm not going to say they're they're one of the best in the league and going to their second year. It's just it's not feasible. So, uh, moving on from them, uh, cornerback Tremaine Johnson, Morris Claiborne, Buster Screen, Nickerson, Roberts, Jones, Burris, uh, Robinson is suspended. I don't know if you've had the chance to watch film on him, but I think. 
he's the third most talented. I always say that slowly, talented uh, yeah. <laughs> corner on the team. I want to get hammered and say he's the third best. But um, Johnson is a is a top 10, 15 guy. Morris Claiborne, I think, is a really solid number two. I, I think he's miscast a little bit as a number one last year. Screen, I'm worried about in the slot. Nickerson's a, a rookie. Roberts is an okay backup. Jones has some potential as a young guy. Burris is not a big fan of. But uh, it's I, I think the top two guys, I like it a lot. You have to worry about Claiborne's injury uh, history. Yeah. But I think if they play to their potential, screen becomes a little bit more consistent. It could be – it's a solid group. But the depth needs work for sure for me. Yeah, uh, definitely needs work. But like you said, the, the top three there, you know, they're fine. They were Tremaine. Uh, you know, Morris is, you know – He's nothing special, you know, but, you know, he can get the job done and, you know, Buster's, you know, good in, in, in the slot position. So, and everything else, like I said, I'm looking to see what Robinson has because I, I'm like you. He is probably the third – I mean, he's probably, yeah, one of the more talented guys, you know, in, in that secondary. So, you just have to – you know, and other guys just have to see him, see him grow. So, you know, hopefully they don't get put in too many positions where, you know, they have to go – five D, you know, four, you know, four or five corners or, or something like that. You know, I think Adams, you know, kind of takes up one of those spots, you know, when they're in nickel or dime situation. So you don't have to bring, you know, one of the other guys on. Uh, but, you know, from the starter standpoint, you know, I think they're okay. Uh, the rest of those guys have to just, you know, continue to develop and we'll see what, you know, what happens with Robinson when he comes back. So Yeah. He's suspended for four games because he got called with edibles. And like, that's the problem with him is one, he's light. So he's, he's not going to do much in the run game. Um, he had like a really bad play where he's containing the outside uh, this this preseason. But in terms of like stop start quickness, athleticism, flip uh, uh, hip fluidity, he, he's pretty good. So we'll see what happens. There's been some questions about his dedication and stuff like that. Uh, moving right. on to the last group, the group that everybody's been waiting for, special teams. Uh, Lachlan Edwards is your punter. Thomas Hennessy is your long snapper. I really freaking wish that a tight end could just be a long snapper. Like why can't they learn that save a roster spot? But oh, I know. Uh, and then Jason Myers is your uh, is your kicker for now. Uh, we'll see what happens. Practice squad: Brandon Bryant, Frank Luvu, Anthony with the middle linebacker, Jeremy Clark, draft pick of last year. Wide receiver Deontay Burnett, which I liked. He had a thousand um, one hundred fourteen yards with Sam Donald last year. He's his receiver, so that's a good move. Yep. Um, so some familiarity with right there. He's twenty years old, apparently from Titans fans. He had a really good preseason. They just decided to cut him. A running back, D'Angelo Henderson. Uh, Nico Thala, USC center, another guy from USC that they're bringing on the practice squad, an offensive tackle, Joseph Davis Webb, Bronson Kaufusi. Kau I don't know. But moving on, because we have some other things to get into. Uh, I guess yeah. we'll hit them a little bit quicker than, than I, you know. I always do this. I write notes, and I want to get through them all, and it just never happens. But <laughs> Khalil Mack, what are, your, really, what are your thoughts on that? Because I thought the, the, the Raiders got fleeced. Um, but what are your thoughts? Well, why do you well, why do you think they got fleeced? First of all, so for for me, two first round picks for a team who's been drafting so poorly uh, over the last you know ten years uh, for a guy who's probably I would argue the third best player on the defensive side of the ball in the league. Uh, I would say Don, Donald's probably number one for me. Uh, Miller's number two, and then it's probably Mac. Uh, that, that, at least to me. And they go up – actually, they go less than two first-round picks because they gave them uh, Mac a third and a fifth, and they got back two first 
a fourth and a sixth. They actually got less than two first-round picks. I think he's a generational-type talent. So yeah, um, losing that to pay guys like Jordy Nelson and a bunch of older veteran-type guys that they signed, uh, he's, a, he's a franchise cornerstone piece, and you're getting rid of him. So I didn't really like it. I heard the Jets were in the running for him, but they mm-hmm. did, the Raiders didn't want to trade him to the AFC. And that's with, that's with air quotes because I don't – I'm not in the office, so I don't know that. But well, no, that, I, that, if if that is said, I believe that you don't. You usually when you're trading a guy, you definitely don't want to trade him. Definitely don't want to trade him to somebody in your conference, and I mean in your division, and you usually don't want to trade him to somebody in your conference as well. You know, usually you want to move him as far away, mm-hmm. you know, from the AFC in this, you know, in this example, you know, as you possibly can. Uh, you know, for the Bears, good for them. Um, the defense you know, they, young. Yeah, that defense is young. Um, you get a, a quality vet, you know, that's, you know, the top five player like that to, to add to your team. I mean, you know, you, you know, you've done your job as a general manager in that, in that case, you know, and yes, the money is a lot. Is he worth the money? Yeah, I say he's worth the money. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, he is because I'm with you. He, he is a generational player. I mean, he's to me, Donald, you know, you know, Donald, you know, for, you know, for the Rams is, is probably better. Uh, but he's, you know, 1B, you know, I would say. Um, and for the Raiders, the, the thing about, about the Raiders, and, and I've heard people make the same argument that you have where you know, they're trying to play older guys, you know, and get more veterans. But if you look at, if you look at, you know, and I know you were born in 93. So, but if you look at historically some of the teams that John Gruden has had, whether it was the team in Tampa, uh, you know, that he inherited from, you know, Tony Dungy, they won a Super Bowl. Or if you look at even when we were playing the Raiders, the Raiders were veteran heavy when John Gruden was the coach, you know, when we played the Raiders. I mean, even, I mean, even, you know, the year when we went out there, I think it was 2000, it was actually 2000 where uh, they had James Jett, uh, Tim Brown, uh, Jerry Rice, Rich Gannon was the quarterback, uh, um, was Wilson still there? Or was he in Green Bay? He may have been in Green Bay already. But they were heavy. They were veteran heavy on on both offense and defense. You know, and those. That's just he has young guys and he develops them. You know, you know on the teams that he's been on. But he's always been a coach that's been favorable to having veterans uh, that understand the game because he doesn't necessarily in his mind he doesn't necessarily need physically, you know, everything at every position, you know, he'd rather have smart, high IQ, you know, football guys, you know, that are, you know, that are savvy, you know, as opposed to having the young guy that's still trying to learn uh, that can run the four two, you know, he'd rather have the vet that can still run the four or five and they can still get open in that manner, uh, you know, and, and understand, you know, what he's trying to run offensively. So that's why, and plus they're, they're trying to build that team. You know, he, I mean, you sign a 10-year deal, you're obviously in it for the long haul. And I don't think Davis, regardless of what kind of seasons, you know, they have over the next two, three years, is going to get rid of him. So he, you know, he's building, you know, he, he's trying to, you know, collect, you know, picks so he can continue to build that team and, you know, get the, the Raiders back to prominence like they used to be. Yeah, all you got to say is watch out for that Bears defense because him oh, yeah. and Leonard Floyd and Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks and uh, Kent are – they have Fuller now. Yeah, uh, Danny Trevathan, they they got talent. Yeah, they're loaded. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing, if you're a Bears fan, the only thing you need to worry about this year is can you is can you score points? Yeah, it's all you got to worry about. I'm hoping they can because I have I mean, Jordan Howard and freaking Robinson on my fantasy. Yeah, so they better. It, yeah, because even last year their defense kept them in a lot of games and they were competitive in a lot of games. They just couldn't yeah. score any points. Yeah, so. let's uh, let's let's like I said, 
two huge leagues. I have uh, Howard and I have Robinson in one. So please, God, just score me some points. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, <laughs> d- doesn't look. Uh, you know, I need some money, man. It is what it is. Uh, so Dante Fowler doesn't look like that's happening. I would have liked to see that happen for maybe like a third or a fourth round pick. Doesn't look like that's happening. I'm hoping right. the Jets sign some ed- edge help, whether it be like a guy like Nate Orchard from the from the Browns. People from watching Hard Knocks, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Dan Bailey, I he's the second most accurate kicker in NFL history, and he's not signed. I don't know what's happening with that. Maybe I heard he had some type of groin injury, so maybe his groin just really banged up right now. Well, yeah, uh, well he well that's he he hurt his groin during the season last year. Uh, yeah. So he maybe he may not be fully recovered from you know from that. But look, just because of his accuracy, I still sign him. I can get him well, unless, you know, groins usually heal. You know, that's just one of those things where you have to work your way through it. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd sign him. Uh, yeah, like you said, I don't know what's happening or what they're waiting on, you know, and maybe it's his price tag because he's injured. But, yeah, I, I'd probably have to drop a little change to sign him. Yeah, I ripped my groin once. That was <laughs> that was fun. I did that in high school. Jeez, uh, man, that sucked, actually. So, let's see. Football is fun. You get a lot of – I'm sure you've had a shitload of injuries. Oh, yeah. I've had – I mean, yeah, I've had groin injuries. I mean, I haven't – I haven't I didn't get, haven't gotten it to the point where – I've never ripped it. I mean, I've definitely pulled it. I, I mean, it. it just takes a little bit – you know, it takes a little bit of time to come back from it. But Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. You know, it, you can – as a kicker, you probably can't because that's one of the main muscles that you're using when you're kicking. Uh, so it's probably harder as opposed to like me. Let's see, the last time I, I – when I did that, I was actually – was I a senior or junior or senior in college? And it was literally right before our bowl game when I pulled it. So, like, the whole week, like, I didn't practice before our bowl game, like the week or two or four. But then I played. So, it was, you know, it's kind of weird. You just kind of need to rest. Yeah. So. yeah, I uh, I was basically just trying to shed a block, and, like, half my body was on the blocker. And I kind of, like, reached my arm and my leg out for the guy. And I did a split <laughs> midair and it ripped my freaking groin. It sucked. But Ooh. whatever. Yeah, it was fun, man. Uh, I figured I, I could do a split. It just had it injured me. Uh, so moving on, last like little topic, I guess like minus the um, the you know other like Jets related stuff. Just really quickly, the Le'Veon Bell stuff to address that. I do not want to sign a 28 year old running back who is going to get ran into the ground this year because the Steelers are going to use every ounce of him they can uh, when the Jets team is still far away from a from a title. So that's just my like really quick thoughts. And and he'd cost a lot of money too. And yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign Le'Veon. A cost too much money. I mean, even though he's a dynamic player, you don't know how much more you're going to get out of that. And I think that's, you know, kind mm-hmm. of the, the Steelers argument, which, you know, which I get their side, but also get Le'Veon's side too. But the side of Le'Veon that I don't get is that if you don't play, let's just say he sits out the, I guess, the 10 games. The way his contract or whatever the franchise tag is now, if you add up the number of games, I mean, he's missing like a million dollars a game almost. I mean, that's just kind of – Dude. That's just kind of stupid to me. I don't. I mean, I understand you want to learn term. I, honest, I understand you want to learn ter- a long term deal. I totally get that. However, you've got a deal in front of your face where, for at least another year, you're guaranteed. It's what is it, sixteen million or whatever it is the franchise uh, tag is for running back, and then you can go into free agency next year. I mean, you can deal with it next year, but you know, just you know, make sure you you, you go in with you know, just pull a Earl Thomas, just go in get your money, and then, you know, you can deal with it, you know, the next year. You know, that's – you know, I wouldn't – you know, I'm not going to sit out just to prove a point, you know, and miss out on that much money. But, you know, that that's that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would consider doing a lot of 
really bad things for a million dollars. That's like, I, I, I think uh, the, I'm going to make in my career, like $3 million or something like that. Hopefully, you know, it's more than that eventually, but damn million dollars a game, the things I would yeah. do for a million dollars. Uh, not good. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, moving on, um, you know, free agents, I'd like to see the Jets sign and we'll get into the, you know, Breland, Orchard, Darkwa, you know, backup left tackle. We'll see if that happens. But moving on to the Jets lines because, you know, you got to spend a little bit of time on this. Just looking at the roster, um, Stafford, I think, is a – probably in that, like, 10 to 12 range of the quarterbacks. I, I think he's good. I don't think he's an all-star type of guy. He's not, you know, Russell Wilson or any one of those guys. But he still is pretty damn good. So, got to worry about him, obviously. Um, right. The, the running backs, I, it's it's a. I'm not worried about it to be honest. Uh, Blunt, Carryon Johnson, Amir Abdullah, three Theo Riddick, they're kind of just a bunch of you know jags to me. Just another guy. Um, but looking at the receiver group, I am, and I'll get into this in a little bit. But Golden Tate, I think, is really underrated guy. TJ Jones, TJ Jones is uh, he's a young player what, from Notre Dame. I don't know if this is his first or second year. Uh, but it's his second year. Second year, Galladay, he was okay last year. Marvin Jones is one of the best deep threats in the league right now, at least by his yards per catch. I think it's like 17 point something. So, yeah. Um, I I, lo- I like the receiver group, and I'm worried about Stafford. So, I guess – and then um, with their tight end, don't really see much there. With Just like Luke Wilson's the only guy I really recognize. Offensive line's decent. Taylor Deck – they have guys like Taylor Decker, Frank Ragno, TJ Lang, Rick Wagner – um, so I think it's I think it's an okay offense I, with the best parts of it being that the quarterback and and the receivers that he's throwing to. So yeah, the only the only thing that will concern me um, playing the Jets is somebody like Theo Riddick uh, out of the backfield, just because mm-hmm. now you're talking about putting you know I don't know I don't know if the, the I don't know if the Jets linebackers could hang with Theo Riddick if they decided to move him you know split him out um, you know use him on. Um, some of those anger routes or some of those, you know, wheel routes, you know, things like that. If they're in man-to-man coverage, you know, with, uh, you know, with with the the linebackers, I don't know if they could. They would probably have some trouble staying with him if they decided to do that. So that that would be my other concern. The running game, I wouldn't be worried about that. But just you know, a guy like Theo Riddick, I mean, he is he is versatile. Where you know he's good, you know, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. So I, I'd be concerned about that. Yeah, it's when you talk about wheel routes and Jets fans have had some bad history. <laughs> yeah, no. the, last, the last couple of years, man. I said that and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been bad. So I think that's the weakest part of the Jets defense. I think we're gonna talk about that a lot this year is covering running backs out of the backfield in man situations. And I think on um, any intermediate type of of plays in the middle, like uh, whether it be like a drive concept or a cab concept, like. Uh, intermediate to short zones, which really stressing out the linebackers' zones. I think they're going to struggle a little bit, mainly because of Lee. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. And with a guy like um, a Marvin Jones, I'm not too worried about it because I think, if anything, Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson are guys who don't really like to get beat deep. Um, they, they open up their hips. They don't like to – I think I think uh, Tremaine Johnson was only beat deep once last year. There was another play against Doug Baldwin. He could have got beat deep. The ball wasn't thrown there. But I'm not too worried about him. But you never know. So – and then Golden Tate versus uh, Buster Screen scares the hell out of me because Golden yeah. Tate, I think, is one of the, if not the best slot receiver in the NFL right now. And Buster Screen is – he plays well at times, but he's super inconsistent. Uh, right. But right. moving on, yeah, offensive line is decent. The defense – I think their defensive line is decent. 
Uh, Ziggy Ansah is a, is a pretty good um, end. Sean Robinson's a decent guy, and Sylvester Williamson's a big, um, you know, interior defensive lineman. So I think they have a decent defensive line, which worries me against the Jets' offensive line, especially in the run game. So, yeah, um, yeah the defensive line's a little bit worrying. So linebacking group, Jared Davis, Kennard, Christian Jones, uh, Reeves Maben, Miles Kilbrew, Eli Harold. I, 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 that's kind of another decent group, too. I don't think there's any name that really stands out that they're going to kill you. But overall, I think the, the front seven is a – it's not going to blow the doors off anybody, but I think it's, um, I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I'd be interested to see now going into the season, you know, how – Matt Patricia is going to use that, you know, that that front seven. Yeah. You know, once he starts game planning and you know starts moving guys around, especially a guy, especially when you're talking about a guy like Ziggy Ansah, where you can move him from you know either side, and you know he's going to cause a lot of problems, you know, against that Jets offensive line. Yeah, especially when he's like a power type of guy. He's a four three end, but he's strong as hell. Right. And yeah. shell and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. But just just from the the background standpoint of Patricia, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him standing up, you know, a few times, you know, telling, you know, tell you the truth. <laughs> I know you don't, I know you don't want to picture that, but, no. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you catch him standing up, you know, especially in, in nickel or in dime situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, see a little bit of that. And then their secondary, I'm a little bit, I think their secondary is pretty good. I think Darius Slay is one of the most underrated corners in the league. Yeah. I think he's I really Darius good. Slay. Yeah, and then even their their, their safeties, uh, Quinn and Diggs, I think are pretty yeah. good as well. So the secondary is, it, I think they're a good secondary. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I don't, and that that worries me now because you can match up. I mean, really, you can match up Glover or, or Diggs on, let's just say, Anunua. Uh, you know, they could, you know, zone off the tight ends or combo the tight end in the back, and won't have to worry about them. And mm-hmm. you can almost put Slay on 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 Robbie Anderson and let the other two guys handle everybody else. I mean, they, I mean, favorite, you know, it actually, it works out in their favor, you know, to tell you the truth, you know, going, going against this, you know, against the, the Jets wide receiver core. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, killing you right now. Huh? No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I want to get, I want to get into some of the worries uh, of the game in a little bit. And it's just, the Jets have a not pretty road record as well. And I like I said, the last time I played at Ford Field, it was like 43 to 10 or something like that. I just don't have good memories. Um, but moving on to some of the topics from the game, you know, minus the – we talked about the roster a little bit. Um, and, you know, Darnold, obviously, it's a big topic. Youngest uh, starting quarterback since the merger, what, 1969, 1970, whatever the hell it was. Or no, no, sorry, 1966 was it, 60, the merger? Six. Whatever it was, yeah, sixty-six, sixty-seven. Uh, my dad was one years old, so I wasn't even thought of. So I don't freaking know. <laughs> and um, so, what do you think about Donald in his first game? You know, what does he what what does he need to do as the youngest quarterback in the NFL to start? Like I said, since the merger, what do you want to see from him? Type of deal. I, I mean, honestly, I just want to see him, you know, be in control of the huddle. Uh, you know, keep his, you know, stay poised. You know, don't. You know, which I think he will. You know, I don't think this game is bigger. You know, I don't think it's too big for him. Um, and honestly, because he's playing, you know, you know, I guess you could, you know, Matt Patricia and, you know, Matt Patricia likes to do a lot of different things, a lot of different things on defense, you know, in regards to like disguises, moving guys around, you know, just take your time, you know, read, you know, read the defense, you know, you know, read your keys uh, so you can die enough space, see what coverages they in, make the right checks. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, be consistent and decisive and knowing where the ball is going. 
I mean, that's really all I need to see. I don't need to see, you know, anything. I don't need to see him throw for 300 or something yards and four touchdowns and all of that. You know, I just want to see him in command of the, in command of the ball game and, you know, continue to grow, you know, as a quarterback. I'm telling you right now, if Donald throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns, the next show we're doing like an hour and 45 minutes on Sam <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. never, I've never <laughs> seen a – just – Listen, Chad Pennington was the best quarterback I've ever seen on the Jets, and nothing against him, but he was an average quarterback. Uh, since then, guys like, you know, Josh McCown and Sanchez and Tebow and just oh my God. David oh, wait, you Gerard didn't, you didn't, and Wait, you didn't – no, you didn't get to see Benny, did you? You didn't get to see I Benny. Was, when, I was – so Benny I watched, was balling out. You missed that, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I watched Vinny, but I was so young, I didn't really appreciate it. Appreciate – yeah. That's what I'll say, yeah. You, yeah, you were probably too young. Though. Yeah, sh- Vinny was Yeah, good. Kellen yeah. Clements, uh, Michael Vick, Geno Smith, just oh, – yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've been through the ringer. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> I've been waiting for my savior, which is Sam Darnold. Uh, so, for me, I wrote down, you know, I, I want to see him not panic. I want to see him smooth going through reads. You see a lot of young quarterbacks – um, even guys like Deshaun Watson, who when they panic in the pocket, you see him, their head right. just violently whipping from back to forth, back to forth. You want to see that one smooth motion going through your reads. Uh, so I want to see some smooth reads. I want to see him not forcing the ball, managing the pocket, throwing the ball away if you need to throw the ball away. Um, and you always hear, like, people talk about, you know, uh, well, you know, defenses love to go against rookie quarterbacks, and you are in the NFL. So, like, what are some of the things that you think the Lions are going to try to do like versus, like, what did you guys try to do as corners? What did your defense try to do when you guys were playing rookies when you were in the NFL? Oh, well, uh, and that starts with disguising whatever defense that we're in, you know, guys moving around. Uh, so you're you're not getting a true read on what it is that we're trying to do. Um, and then, honestly, pressure, to tell you the truth. Uh, even though you want the – you know, you want your quarterback to be decisive – uh, and, and know where to go with the ball. Uh, you know, from a defensive perspective, we want to put as much pressure on on a rookie quarterback as we can. So whether that's tight coverage, whether that's blitzes, whether that's, you know, mixing in zone blitzes, you know, as you know, you want to do as, as many different things as you can to try to rattle him, you know, so he does he's not seeing the same thing over and over again or he's not able to, you know, read the defense and, and read the coverage too easy. So you you try to you really it's kind of one of those games where you don't want to throw the kitchen sink at him, but like you want to like almost throw the kitchen sink at him. You know, you, you want to throw a bunch of utensils and a few frying pans. You don't want to throw like the whole thing. You know, you don't want to throw everything at him, but you want to throw a lot of stuff at him just so he'll, he'll have a lot to think about. And now if you're the offensive coordinator, you know, you're coming in with your game plan and your quarterback's, you know, struggling with, with all of these different things. So, now he's going to try to dumb it down, you know, so it's simpler for him. And now you just made it easier for us on defense because now you're just running your basic stuff because, you know, the quarterback's rattling. He can't necessarily handle it. So that's, that's how I would approach it. I, you're, getting like, you're getting a lot from me. If I'm the D.C. and I'm facing a rookie quarterback, yeah. you're getting like a whole bunch of stuff. I'm having guys moving all over the place and well, lining up in different spots and doing a bunch of stuff. Joke's on you because Sam Carl <laughs> does not get rattled. <laughs> He won't get rattled. He's my boy. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think no, Sam will. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't okay. think he will be rattled, but I, I think that's what, what Patricia is trying to do. That's, that, that was one of the best things about Donald in, like, the pre-draft process like watching watching him is, like, you see quarterbacks, young quarterbacks throw an interception and the next couple of drives are really timid. Sam Donald, from one play to the other, completely erases his memory. Yeah, like, right. men in black type stuff where he's just racing his mind. 
and he just goes to the next play. So I, I really like that. So we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping, like I said, for that 300-yard, four-touchdown game, you know, it might be ridiculously <laughs> unrealistic. Um, so some other, like, concerns for me, and we're going to break down the hell out of the film next week. I can't wait. Uh, like I said before, um, Buster Screen versus Golden Tate in the slot. Golden yeah. Tate is one of the smartest players, one of the most shifty players, one of the toughest players in the NFL. Um, and he, and Screen has a problem opening up his hips too soon. And I think Golden Tate's going to just, just run great routes on him all day, and, and Screen's not going to be able to handle it. So I'm hoping that they, they help him in some sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's definitely a worry for me. I talk about Marvin Jones, one of the best deep threats in the NFL. I'm not too, too concerned about that. But uh, what are your thoughts about Golden Tate and, you know, the matchup with, with Screen in the side? I know he's not going to be on him 100% of the time, but yeah, that's just a primary yeah. matchup. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a primary matchup. So, yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, you know, hopefully, as you said, whether they can, you know, keep somebody on top and allow, you know, allow Buster to, you know, play a little tougher. Uh, but the thing about about Golden Tate is he's tough off press. Like he, you know, he's just not one of those guys where if you soft press him where you play off, you know, he runs routes. Like he's, you know, he's good getting off he's press. A, he's, he's a physical. ninja. Yeah, he's physical and he can be physical <laughs> when he when he wants to and you know getting off press coverage. So that's yeah, that's a concern. I think they'll do some things where you'll see a little bit of you know it'll it'll look like a bracket, but it won't be. But it'll be you know some kind of zone coverage where you know there'll be one or two guys. Uh, kind of looking out for him, you know, but there will be, you know, a few times where, you know, Buster had to take him, you know, man to man and, you know, he's just going to have to win that battle. That's just kind of nature of the beast when, when you're playing in the slot. So it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a good matchup, but I think. A good matchup for the Lions. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, I I mean, I think he'll be all right. I mean, I think Buster will be all right. He's just going to have to play under control. Uh Uh, If he does have help, you know, knows where his help is, you know, and I think, you know, he'll, you know, he'll at least fare, you know, for the rest of the day. I mean, Golden Tate's going to get, you know, he's going to get get his his catches and, and and you know, he's going to make, you know, make plays. So that's, you know, he, he's been known for that. So, so uh, I don't know if you had any contact with Anthony Beck, but uh, on the uh, broadcast he was like, you know, sometimes great coverage just gets beat. And I was kind of in my head like this was great coverage exactly how. But uh, – Well, it's not, it's not bad. I wouldn't call it great, but he's in – He's in good position. The only thing he does, he looks the wrong way. Yeah, but like you know. But, um, but from but initially he's playing inside. Uh, not necessarily sure if they're playing a man, then he has no choice. Yeah, it looks uh, like a man. Yeah, and so yeah. But, I mean, he's on the route right here. He's actually on top of the route. So now, right here, just stay. That's you know, the problem right there. Keep your head inside, and now you're just running with the receiver. You have a chance to make a play on the ball. So be, he turns the wrong way. And the yeah. wide receiver obviously sees the ball, so he loses sight of it. So yeah, like you, like you said, like, if anything, you want to see that outside hand on the shoulder, then play with that inside arm to the ball and look through the receiver. But he just gets completely lost right there. His ball, like tracking skills, and able to play the ball in the air—that's one of his biggest problems, along right. with opening up his hips too soon in coverage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Golden Tate, man, I'm I'm a little bit worried. Well, not a little bit. I'm a lot of bit worried. But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Um, moving on, Jets can they run the ball versus the, their defensive line? Who, like I said, is a, it's a, it's a solid group. It's not the Rams or the Eagles or the Vikings, but it's still a decent group. So I'm worried about that. They need to help Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't know about penalties. That one. <laughs> yeah, don't worry because he's gonna throw for 400 yards. So it doesn't matter. We don't need to run the ball. Um, penalties. We have to worry about that. The Jets have been getting a crap load of penalties, so you can't put Sam Donald behind the, the eight ball or even on the defense. Penalties kill kill drives. They they give uh, 
offenses, um, if you're, you know, penalties on defense, they give offenses more opportunities to get touchdowns and third down comes first down. It's just, it's, it's bad. And they've been really poor with that. Another worry is special teams. The Lions have been known to have a good special teams unit. I saw some stats on today or heard some stats. They have one of the best special teams in the NFL. The Jets have had pretty much the worst uh, the last many, 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 many years. So let's watch for that. Stafford's going to test the secondary. We have to worry about health a little bit. Beecham, is he going to play healthy? Marcus May has been a little bit dinged up. He hasn't been practicing. Jermaine Curse isn't playing. I I don't believe he's playing, actually, Marcus. We didn't talk about that before, so that's a worry. Um, Ooh, yeah. If he's not playing, that's going to be trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, because that's you know that's your number two guy. You know, that's yeah. That's if he's not playing, that that could that could definitely be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. For, for real. Uh, and then I'm worried about the linebackers too, with like these levels type concepts that I talked about before. That's been their biggest struggle in the preseason coverage, in my opinion. Can the Jets create pressure with their outside linebackers and with different blitzes and stunts and? You know, whether it be like a TT stun or a TE stun or a coffee house stun. If I hope we get a good example of that, so I can show people what a coffee house. What is. a coffee house? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's you know we'll, we'll check for that. Um, let's see the Jets' new, the younger guys, the three new defensive linemen. I'm excited to see them for sure. And uh, Henry Anderson, Nathan Shepard. For for, I, I'm gonna call him Foley because it's like full Lorenzo, Fadokasi. <laughs> I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call him Foley or Fadokasi. Excited to see them, the growth of the two safeties. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you – anything you want to add on to there, anything you want to expand upon, anything you're looking out for in this game? And then we'll get into some, you know, score predictions and things like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd like to see – I mean, I'd like to see a lot more explosive plays, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, from the offense. Uh, it, I mean, usually – and it's hard to win. Like, I, 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 get, I get the mindset and I understand the thinking behind – you know, trying to grind out some games, particularly if you're deficient in some areas as opposed to the team that you're playing. Uh, but you, it's really hard to grind out games like that week after week after week. I mean, it's just super hard to do that because now you've made it to where the margin for error is so small that you don't really give yourself a chance to, you know, make up for it. So i like to see some – Yeah, I like to see the game be a little bit more wide open and see more explosive plays down the field, you know, whether, you know, whether that's, uh, you know – in the passing game or whether that's using running backs in the passing game out, you know, out, you know, in, in, you know, in route combinations, I'd like to see that. And on defense, yeah, need to see, you know, how that secondary is going to hold up, you know, against the lines wide receiving crew and like to see some pressure put on Stafford, you know, some real yeah. pressure, you know, a couple of sacks, you know, two, three, you know, from different guys. Um, you know, you want to see, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for this year to see if, you know, if just have figured out, you know, a way to manufacture some pressure or if, you know, the guys that we're talking about are able to win some one-on-one battles, you know, to, to create that pressure. So that's really what I'm looking for, you know, from both sides of the ball. I, I really hope that changes because I remember last year watching games, even on TV, just the quarterbacks on the opposite team standing in the pocket for what seemed like forced four minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the Jets, just the running game. It's just – I think there are going to be problems again this year, but hopefully Sam Darnold alleviates some of that. Maybe they have to put some guys extra in coverage, which opens up the run game a little bit. But even if with, with less guys in the box, I can't see the run game being that good this year. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, explosive plays, I, I hope we see them, but it's hard, uh, like I said, with those extra guys in coverage because they don't have to stack the box because the offensive line isn't – you know, it's not like the Packers have a good offensive line or the Cowboys of a couple of years ago or – Right, guys. But um, 
Yeah. So, and the thing I said about the road, and I got this Michael Nani. He's a you know follow him on Twitter. He's a guy from uh, Turn on the Jets for people who don't know him. But he put out this stat. I don't know where he finds some of the stats he does, but the Jets are seventeen or seven and seventeen on the road since Bulls took over. Zero wins versus five hundred or over teams. Uh, two wins were on neutral site, which one was in London versus Miami, one was versus the Giants. You know, obviously MetLife Stadium. Four wins have been versus four or, or four win or less teams. Two times versus the Browns. One time against San Fran when they were really bad, and one time when they were against playing Dallas in Dallas versus like Kellen Moore, whoever the quarterback was. Uh, <laughs> and then they got one win in Buffalo week two. So their their road record has been bad. They have not been on the road. So uh, with that, what is your prediction, score prediction for the game here? Oh, man. I'm, I'm actually – you're kind of right in the wheelhouse, to tell you the truth. Like 23 <laughs> – no, really, like 20 – it's going to be a low-scoring game, like 23-20 or uh, – you know, 24, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 24. I'm, uh, I know my heart. So I'm going to tell you. I'm gonna go with, actually, I'm going to go with 24-20. That sounds about right, though, to tell you the truth. First, I mean, really, Jets are going to win? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Yeah, so, I go, I'll take them at the gate. So, yeah, I go 24-20. So, let me put it this way. Yeah, so me and Marcus are sharing a, a, a Google Doc. That's why you can see my score prediction. So if I this is this is my heart this is in my head if I was putting my house on this uh, I'm picking the Lions but oh, no I'm hoping, <laughs> uh, I need a little bit of optimism here and you know new error Sam Darnold young team let's hope they come out and and you know escape some of those uh, road woes that they that they have so um, I'm gonna pick the Jets like I said 23 to 20 first game I'll be freaking pumped because it's it's gonna uh, it, Starting out the gate hot is going to be good for them and Sam Darnold and all that stuff, especially 10 games in, or 10 games in three days, I was about to say. Three games in 10 days is, is hard. So let's, let's hope they start off with a bang here and win yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic, so I'm, I'm going to go with that one. I have a – I had a – initially I had another score in prediction in my head, but I'm going to stay with this one. Okay. Hey, it's, it's up to you, man. So what happens because – Because my first prediction – it, my first prediction was probably like 31 20 or 31 24 lions man yeah. all right. <laughs> so whatever initially that was my yeah that's my you know off the top of my head that's kind of my first you know that was kind of my you first can always change it so before one o'clock on sunday you can text me and i change can change it. it okay yeah uh so like i said if i had to bet my house on this i'm betting i'm betting lions but um whatever I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic here. I, I guess just I want to see them win. But like I said, well, if I'm, I'm not betting on the Jets, that's that's what it is. But um, and if you see this little just questions on the Google Doc before we get into the other pickums, because it's your first time as a co-host, I have some questions to ask you that I did not prepare you for. We're gonna do like a lightning round of some questions to get to know you. Okay. You start off the show with it because any new listeners might be like, "What the hell are they doing?" And click off. So I had to put them at the ends for the people who are really gonna listen to the show all out. Um. So we'll do like a lightning round. Uh, and you have to be very honest. So who was your favorite football team growing up? Didn't have one. What? What do you mean you what? didn't have one? How do you not have one? Just didn't have one. I've always, I've always just like watching good games. No, you know what's actually – I'm just thinking about this. Real quick. <laughs> I just looked in the camera because I'm always looking at the film and I'm trying to like organize my computer so I never actually see myself. Somebody like called me out the other day for sitting in an ugly rocking chair and they called me rocking chair Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this the rocking chair is sticking around, people. Now I'm not freaking moving it. It's gonna be here forever. 
Yeah. Uh, next like question. It. Favorite teammate you've ever played with? Oh, man. No man. cop outs. Like, oh, well, I like this guy and this guy. You're number one. Who was it? Number one, uh, probably Aaron Glenn. All right. All right. He actually, I think I got him to sign something that I, that I had at a game. I was a little bit uh, not in the right state of mind when I met him. So I don't know if he likes me, but good guy. Uh, <laughs> no, Aaron's cool. Yeah. <laughs> hardest player to cover you've ever had to cover? Ooh. Uh, think about that for a second. Probably Marvin Harrison. I could see why. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what's the what's the your favorite play you've ever made in the NFL? Oh man. Um I'll tell you what, and it's not and people are gonna be like, what? And this is weird. All right, so when we played Jacksonville in the uh in the uh playoffs, what year was that? Ninety nine? Mm-hmm. When we lost to Denver. Um wasn't that because of field goal? Somebody missed a freaking field goal? The kicker? Was that that year? Is that a year, couple years after that, where the Jets made a missed a big field goal? Uh, no, 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 that was after that. Okay. Yeah, that was after that. But this was, um, this was, yeah, this was ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. So we went down and scored, and we kicked the ball off. Um, and this is in the playoff game, uh, you know, to go to the AFC Championship game, and um, you know, the returner broke free. I can't remember what his name. Was. His name was Reginald something. But I walked him down and I tackled him at like the two yard line, you know, whatever it is. And so we. We uh, defensively, you know, we took them and it, it took them, you know, either third down or fourth down to actually get in. But uh, Brian Cox, who was there at the time, you know, came over, you know, and kind of, you know, and I was young. It was on like my second or third year in the league, you know, and just kind of patted me on the head. You know, he was just like, hey, young buck, like you gave us a chance. Like, I appreciate that. You know, we all appreciate that. Like, you know, you keep that effort up, you know, that kind of deal. So it made me feel, I don't know, it just, and it was, you know, for me, because I'm a team guy, so I felt like, you know, I ran the guy down, you know, even though it's on the two-yard line, you know, you still give yourself a chance, you know, to go back on defense and, and get a stop. Uh, you know, but him saying that to me meant, you know, meant a lot, you know, and I, you know, I kind of took it to heart uh, yeah, yeah, you know, when I was playing. Yeah, so that, that that's probably my favorite play. I mean, honestly, you know, even more than the interceptions, you know, the touchdowns and all that, you know, that was probably, that's probably my, my favorite play. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll release what my favorite player I've ever made in the NFL was uh, <laughs> next 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 week though. That's that's uh, next week. So, uh, what was the on the flip side of that? What was the worst play you ever made? What was the play that pissed you off the most? Oh my God, let's see. <laughs> that's a tough one, man. Um, oh, I tell you. All right. So we're playing when um we're playing Oakland in Oakland, and this was in God. What year was that? I can't remember what year was. I think it was ninety, like ninety eight, ninety nine. I was covering, uh, I was covering James Jet like the whole game. I've been playing him the whole game. I think he had like one catch, like the whole game. And so at the end of the game, it actually ended up losing this game. Um, Gannon starts scrambling, and so I'm covering him, and I'm right on him, and we're in the back of the end zone, and I turn and I'm like on his lower hip, and so you know he he's only he's not gonna cut back anything like that because there were people behind us. So we're still running and getting throws the ball, and I literally see the ball coming, and so I, instead of instead of uh, you know turning my hands to catch it with my hands like outward, uh, I tried to like almost like extend like extend basket yeah, like whatever it is, yeah. and it like went through my hands and he caught it for a touchdown. Yikes! Yeah, yeah that sucks, man. <laughs> there's still there's still some plays that I that I remember. Yeah. Like in, in the NFL, we're on that stage. I'm sure you get like. At least you haven't had Twitter, so you have guys tweeting at you all the time. So that's that's good back then. But um, 
Yeah, I remember even in high school, you'd, you'd screw up. And you're like, God damn, you just think about it forever. Uh, yeah, I still think about that play to this day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some plays I made, too. I, I played so I played a corner safety running back and receiver in, in my in my school. I definitely had my, my fair share of screw-ups. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah. But, okay, so what's the best slash like loudest stadium to play at? What was the best stadium in the NFL? Oh, Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that, yeah. I, that's what I hear, too. I, I think it's Arrowhead when you hear on TV, and I think the Seahawks and how they built that stadium, they're a bunch of cheaters. So I always consider yeah. like Chiefs fans like that. And, and, and Seattle's loud. See, I didn't play in Seattle till, um when I was in Houston, we played in Seattle. And it, I mean, it was actually loud then, but I don't know why. Seattle's gotten louder, but like Arrowhead is just like well, just the, way that the stadium's built and everything. Like everybody's what, right on top of you. That's what happened with Seattle. So they actually put the metal metal bleachers so people can stomp on them. So it, it, that, it's louder because of that and how it's like like it's kind of built like this. Right, it's, right. Uh, it, it reflects the, the roof reflects the sound back down to the to the um, to the crowd into the field. So that's actually why it's so loud. But I'm sure the fans are great too. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where the Seahawks fans are this year, though. Let's just say that. Uh, not going to be as good. I think they're like a 7-9 type of team this year, honestly. I feel bad for Russell Wilson. Um, favorite defensive player and offensive player of all time? Could be play, a guy you played against, a guy who you admired, a guy when you were growing up, anything. Ooh. Uh, favorite defensive player of all time? Man, I probably have to go with, with uh, Rod Woodson. I'm going to say I'm not in the running, too. Um, and Oh, and favorite offensive player of all time, Marshall Falk. Not even close. Marshall Falk, nice. Yeah, yeah I'm going <laughs> to yeah. I'm gonna say minus me. Uh, offense, defense, I'm going to say Brian Dawkins. I love that dude. Uh, yeah. Offense, I don't even know. That's such a hard freaking – That's play. tough, yeah. I love Jericho Cotri. I really did love Jericho Cotri. But, um, okay, moving on. If you were to be a pro in another sport, what would it be? We got two more after this. If I was a pro, if I was a pro in another sport, yeah, uh, I'd probably be a uh, outfielder playing baseball. Nice, Ken yeah. Griffey Jr. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> right. switch, hit, switch hitter. I said I wouldn't be hitting bombs. I, I was never the bomb guy when I when I played baseball. I mean, I hit my share of home runs, but I was more the I was more the get on base guy. Like I'm like I'm a get on base now. You know, and I'm gonna steal a few bases, but you know, it'll be your job to, to bring me in. But I, I, I'm gonna get on base. You can believe- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. So this is this is the most important question. Favorite superhero? Ooh, don't uh, don't uh, screw this up. This is our first episode, and uh, you know, favorite I'm- superhero. Let's see. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Favorite superhero. Uh, I, now, now, to, now to clarify, I'm not still reading comics and stuff, but. When I was a kid, I was big into superheroes. So if you answer with one guy, I think this is your first. Well, see, and last yeah, episode. see, I see. I have to go back to like that's what I'm trying to think of. Like the suit, the the dude that I used to like the most growing up. I used to like Thor. Like I, I was infatuated with Thor. Like growing up for some reason. Really, Thor? I'm a yeah. I'm a Batman guy. So yeah. and I like no, and I like no, and ba- Batman is probably like two, and then uh. You know, <laughs> like three Green Lanterns, probably like four. Like that was kept probably like my, my probably like the order. Yeah, and then people always fight me. Oh, there's only a superhero. I'm like, yeah, you're just a rich dude who beats the shit out of people. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so moving next next question. Deal with superpowers too. One superpower you can have it. What is it? Oh, one superpower 
that I could have. Ooh. Um, probably, let's see. One superpower that I could have. It's a hard question. It is a hard question. There's so many things. Without being selfish, I don't know, probably the, the I guess, the ability to reverse time. That would help a lot of people out. Yeah. Let's just say, oh. let's, let, let's just, I mean, let's just say, like, I knew you're you. talking about like humanity, like going, yeah. going, yeah. throw baby Hitler in a lake or something. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sneaky to take him out myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, was happening, but yeah. I'm 100% being selfish and I'm going to be able to fly or something. I don't know. <laughs> and my, then, next uh, would be, my next one would be to be able to be invisible. That'd be the next one. though. <laughs> not for some creeping purposes or anything like that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I got you. And then there's some questions I can ask you off. Uh, off. I don't know. Well, I know a lot of NFL guys don't, um, don't consume alcohol or anything like that. But I can ask you about your favorite beer. If you if you if you're a mustard guy versus a versus a ketchup guy and hot dogs, if you keep your syrup in the fridge, you're weird. I can ask you a whole bunch of things. We're not going against that now. Oh, um, so yeah, that's you know just for people to know you. I'm sure. What? I'm trying to think. Am I mustard guy? <laughs> I usually put both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I usually um, roll with both. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get to know you plenty over, over, over the next uh, hopefully as long as you're you're a coach, and I hope that's for a long time. I'm really looking to build this thing with you we're going to go into some film we're going to talk about some hot topics like uh you know storylines from games we're going to have some fun so it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride a lot of fans if they lot fan i'm not gonna call them fans but people have been listening to this show um i've been doing this for like three years so people know me already but how do you to know you a little bit so moving on to the last segment before we wrap this up um let's see pick them segment so we both have the jets We'll see about that one, but at least we're on, we're in it together, so I don't feel as bad picking them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first game of the season, we have to pick it tomorrow night at I think it starts at seven thirty. Yeah. Um, Falcons at Eagles. I'm taking Falcons. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I know the, I know the games in in you know Lincoln Financial Center and they're dropping a Super Bowl banner and they're doing all these things. However, Atlanta's got something to prove. After last year, like they, I think Atlanta is going to come out week one. Like they want to make a statement to the league, and, and and really, I think, you know, besides the league, they want to prove a lot to themselves that they, you know, that they're still one of the, you know, better teams in the NFL. So I, I'm gonna take Atlanta. I, I, you know, I think they'll have it. They'll have it together tomorrow night, and and not, and I don't believe in Super Bowl hangovers and all that crap or whatever it is that people talk about. There's no such thing as that. Yeah. Um, but I just don't – I don't – you know, and Philly's still – you know, they still have a great team. I just think Atlanta's going to have a little bit more form. Yeah, and especially the fact that uh, I think it's it's Foles playing now too, not not Wentz. That definitely helps out uh, for the yeah. Falcons' cause there. But, you know, like you said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I think the Falcons too, and Marcus can see you guys can't. But I'm not cheating. I already have my picks down on the screen. So, you yeah, do? Uh, yeah, so what's going to happen, I'm hoping, is that I can uh, – I'll beat you out on the on the record the entire year, and I can say I, I'm I'm better than you. I know more than you. I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a fun hey, no, segment. Cool. I it's like that. No, it's a, it's a fun segment. But once we get closer down the year, and it's like playoff time, and we're close on a record, hopefully, um, I'm gonna start not putting my picks on there. I'm gonna make you pick first and give myself the home field advantage here. 
So okay, no, okay, but so next game, Sunday, and I picked the four best games. I'm not saying like okay, I'm not picking the four best teams. Like if the Patriots are playing the Bills, I'm not going to pick that game. I don't think it's going to be a good game. But I try to pick the four closest game, even if it's like two bad teams, you know. So uh, next game, Sunday at four o'clock, uh, Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs, just Chiefs. with just with, and, and I, I like the Chargers, and I and you know Anthony Lynn's a good friend of mine. I just think they have so many injuries, especially in the secondary. It's just yeah, they lost for red, right? Yeah, yeah, they lost for red. Well, they lost for red, and they lost um, God, what's the safety's name? I can't remember his name, but they they just they just have so many injuries. You know, coming into the season, I just they just I don't think they have enough. And I, and you know how Andy Reid is, and and of course, you know, obviously, you know, Pat Mahomes, my Red Raider brother. Uh, be making his first start, you know, at NFL, you know, as an NFL quarterback. But I just don't, I just don't think the Chargers, just from all the injuries that they have, they just, I don't know if they have enough to beat the Chiefs right now. And yeah. if you ask me this, maybe five or six weeks down the road, when people are healthy and they're, you know, getting some people back, my, you know, my pick could change. But right now, at the gate, yeah, I got to take the Chiefs on that one. Yeah, plus, they are, plus, they always start fast. I'm banking on banking on Ingram and Bosa there, and then uh, Hayward, who I think is another really underrated guy in the league right now. Yeah, he's uh, definitely one, yeah he's definitely one of the better corners in the league. Yeah, no doubt. No, oh, and hopefully for both the Falcons and Eagles, I want Ertz, I want Jake Elliott, I want Freeman and Tyreek Hill to play really well for no reason, no reason that I could think of. Seriously, but, you know. I mean, you've got the <laughs> entire Philly team on the. I got I got Ertz and Elliot, and I got uh, Freeman on the oh Freeman, yeah yeah yeah. Tell Freeman, the uh, okay yeah okay. Yeah. And then Tyree Kill is my is my number one on the in the one league because the, the one league I took Elliot, Zeke Elliot, and uh, Jordan Howard as my running back. Oh yeah, I got Ertz too. Yeah, I hope he plays well. Okay, there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look at David like, do I have Ertz? Yeah. Yeah. So I I had him. yeah. Next game, I'm thinking the Chargers in that game. Uh, I, I like what they're doing up there. I think they surrounded Phillip Rivers with some more talent. Gordon and Keenan Allen, who's probably the best route runner in the league, or, or number one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them. Uh, home field advantage. If the Chiefs are at home, I'll pick the Chiefs. But next game, uh, the Cowboys at four o'clock at the Panthers. So they're in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers on this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Carolina for how regardless of what they've been going through with, you know, the filling of the team and, and, you know, dealing with some of the things that they've dealt with. I I really think that this year they're going to, they're going to make a run at, at the Super Bowl this year. I, you know, obviously you have Cam Newton at quarterback. I think that defense has gotten better. Um, you know, you, you know, they've added, you know, a couple of more weapons for, you know, Cam Newton on the offense and, you know, I, you know, and I just, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, Ron Rivera and, and the way that he, you know, kind of runs that team. Plus, from you know, from Dallas's end, yes, I know Zeke is coming back. However, that's all you have right now. No Zeke. I mean, no Dez, no Jason Witten. Uh, yes, you have Terrence Williams, but to me, he's always been a more more of a number two or number three, you know, guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do like Cole Beasley in the slide. Um, and they have, but, uh, but they got Hearns. Yeah, Hearns now. Too. Yeah, they, yeah. They signed they signed uh, Hearns, but not sure how he's going to fit into that offense and. You know, yeah. with Tavon Austin, yes, that may help you open up the running game a little bit by, you know, sending him emotional fake reverses or whatever, but, you know, yeah. you're still treating him as a gadget guy. He's not really – he hasn't fully developed into an actual wide receiver. And no. uh, defensively, I think they're okay, though. As long as Sean Lee can stay healthy because he seems to be the glue of that defense, you know, I think they'll be – you know, I think they'll be okay. But now, 
now you're committing him, you know, plus the four D lineman and maybe one other guy just to stop, you know, the Carolina running game, and it, which, you know, leaves you in trouble on the back end. And they still haven't really solved that problem, you know, in the secondary. Butler is, is you know, moving him to corner, I thought was a great move just because of his length and his skill set and his athleticism. I think they could probably take advantage of Heath, um, you know, and the other two are just kind of, you know, guys, you know, to be honest with you. So, I, you know, that's why I'm picking Carolina for this one. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. So – I'd be interested to do that. We should probably do that like next week, like Super Bowl picks or something like that, or like who are they going to make the playoffs. So the Panthers, I just, I wonder how DJ Moore is going to, what he's going to add to that receiving core too. Cause he, he, like Cam Newton has had like Devin Funches, like, geez. right. Craig Olson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I have Cam in one league. I have Zeke in one league. So let's let, let them ball out. Uh, and the, with the Cowboys too, the, some of the things you're talking about. Isn't the center Travis Frederick has like some type of disease where he came and like feel his arms or something? His like arms, this is the right there. Yeah, so they're dealing with that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what so, was the um, so you got Fredericks and then you got the other offensive lineman that hypersented his knee a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you got to see how he's going to come back. Um, I'm trying to remember who that was. I can't think. Smith. It's not Smith. It's not uh Who's the? Uh, Le- it's, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's see. It's not Fredericks. It's not Collins. Um, Zach Martin? It's not Zach Martin. Well, the, Collins, I already say that. I don't know. Yeah, it's not Collins. I can't Tyrone remember who it Smith is. Or Tyron Smith? No, Tyron Smith's okay. Who the hell is that? Like, who guy? is it? Yeah. Hey, whatever. Um, but I'm I'm taking the, I'm taking the Panthers as well. And just actually, you're you're doing like ESPN Radio in in Texas. Is that dude? Is it a lot of football talk, or do you do like all? Of, I mean, we do all sports, but like this time of year is mainly football. So usually oh. we we have, you know. We talk mainly Cowboys, we talk Houston, and because I'm in San Antonio, uh, you know, we talk University of Texas, unfortunately. Uh, but actually, I'm happy to talk UT now since they got drummed last week. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so we usually – yeah, we usually know a lot about Dallas and, and talk about, you know, the Texans and, mm-hmm. and the other schools, A&M, you know, a lot of the schools. But we, we talk a lot – you know, we talk about everything. Dude, See, I know, we were uh, talking know, about curling the other day. Nice, yeah. man. That's that. That's we, where it gets my we, blood we, flowing. We, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we figure out, no, but people call in. They're like, we're just so happy that y'all don't just talk about one thing. Y'all talk about everything. Like, seriously, we talk about whatever. Like, it doesn't nice. matter. Yeah. Good. Well, so what you're going to need to do is one day when your bosses are off, I know they're probably really strict, be like, you know, really quickly. And then, like, any Jets fans, uh, TOJ Film Room, just say it really quickly. Um, <laughs> so, um, next Next game that we're going to is the last game that we're picking, 425 Seahawks at Broncos. Man. That's a good one. Oh, by the way, I'm taking Panthers, too. I don't know if I said that, but it's all right. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go with the Broncos. I, I like I like Case at um, mm-hmm. quarterback. I like the rookie uh, Royce running back. I think, I think offensively, I think they're solid. I mean, to tell you the truth, the wide receiver crew has always been, you know, been good. And obviously, you know, defensively, even though they've, you know, fallen off a little bit, I guess if that's what you want to call it, um, you know, you don't yeah. have uh, a key to lead. But, not, but, you know, this is Chris Harris's time to actually step up. And, you know, he's kind of going to be a guy. He and Reggie Roby uh, be the two guys, you know, kind of man in the islands, you know, for Denver. I, think, I still think they're going to be good, you know, so I, I'll take Denver. Yeah, I heard Roby struggling a little bit on the outside, but um, I have Denver's defense playing this week, so let's uh, 
I have the, I have them and the Chargers. Like I'm gonna rotate rotate defenses in my in my one league, and I have uh, Emmanuel Sanders as well. So hopefully he yeah. only had like 500 yards last year. But listen, when it's guys like Paxton Lynch and uh, who was the other freaking quarterback they played last year? Oh, Simeon. Simeon, yeah, that's tough. Yikes. So, yeah, that's yeah. Let's uh, hope we bounce back with Keenum, who still has his flaws. He's not he's not a really a great quarterback, but he's much better than those two guys. So hopefully he can lead that offense. Like you said, Freeman's a good uh, is a good running back, young running back. Uh, Sanders and DT are good receiver core. Getting a little bit older now, it's still a good receiver core, good defense. Yeah. Um, so it's you know, see what it is. But yeah, I'm gonna take the Broncos too. So both picking Falcons. You're taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, both picking Panthers. Both picking Broncos. We're both taking the Jets. So hopefully we're both. Or hopefully I'm five and zero in your four and one after this week. <laughs> we'll see how it is. But uh, we're gonna close the show out. So. Um, wrap it up you know i appreciate everybody for listening we got a couple of reviews last week so if you can go on the podcast app even if you don't even if you watch on youtube just go throw us five stars and leave a review we really appreciate it. it takes like two minutes it helps us get out to more people which helps improve the quality of the show helps us do a lot of things helps us like just get more years which leads to many many things um subscribe on youtube subscribe on the podcast app we really appreciate everybody for listening uh marcus anything you want to close out with no man shoot uh you know appreciate you having me on first of all I look forward to doing it all season but uh i'm i'm looking for you know i'm I'm hoping and, and looking forward to some you know some quality wins, you know yeah some well, some <laughs> football but i mean honestly i want to see some quality wins for you know for the jets and i i mean i want to see them do well i mean i really do i you know i want to see coach Bowles kind of you know and mike mccann turn that ship around and, and kind of get you know things going in the right direction and it uh seems like they're doing you know like like they're doing it you know right now you know, they're on the right track, still missing some pieces. But, um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, they can build on what they've done and, and have a good season. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, start of like a new generation of, of Jets, hopefully. Uh, and it'll be really hopefully clean with those uh, new jerseys they get next year. Hopefully they're not ugly. So, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I'm hoping they honestly go like back to like, the old Kelly Green with that Jets logo on the helmet. I really like those type of jerseys. But Did you? The, the dark green with the – No, the Kelly, the, the Kelly Green, the lighter green. I'm trying to remember what uh... – oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up really quickly. I know it's yeah, closing it up, but now I have to show it to you. Yeah, pull, yeah, pull it up. So let me let me see, because I still like the I still like the old school white and white with the. Uh... Oh, I will say this, uh, and I don't know <laughs> if it's happened yet, but can we please get rid of the color rush? Oh yeah, I'm not a big oh, fan. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like like, uh, not, we... like see like this type of this type of deal. Okay, you know what? I, yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, that's what we wore those my rookie year. Okay, I'm cool with the jersey. No helmet though. You don't like the logo? Is it the logo? I I don't like the I, I don't like any of it. I don't like the I just don't like that helmet. I don't like the green or the helmet, and I definitely don't like the logo. Really? Okay. The jersey, the jersey I can roll with. I think the jersey would be okay with 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 a white helmet, and now you'd have to change the green on the helmet, but. But uh, kind of how it is, the picture like above it. This, yeah, it'd be yeah. See, like I can roll with that. That's not bad. That's the color. That's a color rush I had last year. So, see, but I, I just don't like. I don't want the whole all. You know, I don't want all green though. Just you know, white pants or like yeah. But the, the color rush is. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of any yeah. color rush uniforms, especially Jacksonville's. Nah, out there looking like 
looking like mustard bottles. This freaking guy. Oh my god. No. <laughs> yeah, it's that was so ugly. It's seriously the ugliest yellow ever, man. I, I don't even know how the owner approved it. I would have been like, no. There are some ugly ones like those, the freaking like the Steelers throwbacks. The, the Steelers throwback, the Bumblebees. Yeah. yeah, I don't like those either. Man. And then, um, there's some bad jerseys yeah, out there. Yeah, that was that was some. Did um, did Miami wear like all orange or something one year or something? Yeah, when they when they were playing, when they had guys like uh, who was that? When they had Tony Soprano, who's running the Wildcat offense with uh, who the who the freaking were the running backs? The um, uh, Ronnie 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 Brown and Ronnie Brown, uh, yeah. Williams and Ricky Williams. No, not yeah. Ricky. Was it Ricky Williams? No, nah, he no. Wait, no, it was uh, it was um no, it wasn't Ricky Williams. It was um he was, was a while like before that. that. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I didn't like the tangerine. Damn. I don't, I don't like the mustard. I, I just don't really like the. You gotta have the right colors to do the color rush. I mean, even when Buffalo did theirs, it actually looked good because <laughs> all red looks good. You know, the all red looked good, or all blue, or yeah. the all white, or something like that. But yeah, when you start getting into some of these weird colors, yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, we'll, we'll criticize some jerseys this year. I hate every single time the Jets wear the white jersey with the, with the green pickle pants. That's what everybody calls them. Uh, they, and they always yeah. lose in them. I don't know what it is. So, let's, hopefully we never see the white jerseys, green pickle pants. Yeah, uh, I like this, that either. This, this year. But, all right, so we'll wrap it up. We've been on here for a while. We'll be back um, hope, you know, next Wednesday night or next Thursday. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. And we will see everybody uh, hopefully very, very soon. Yep.